Okay. Well, we're live right now. <laughs> oh, I accidentally hit the go live button just now because after all, it's uh, we're waiting for Anthony to come back. But um, yeah, well, welcome back, everybody, because it's never a boring week in Rangers land. I, of course, let me get the nameplate down. I can't, why is it taking so long for me to get these on? Is I, of course, Mark Williams, your host, and... Here is Mr. John Volkowski, my illustrious and co-host. We, we are both more organized and more highly functional than the New York Rangers front office. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're starting off because we, we've already been commenting with you guys pre-live stream. And this one, uh, Mike, you're 100% right on that. If it's about Libor Hayek, then this is completely crazy. But we're going to be going through all that right now. So as we wait for Anthony to come back, we're going to start off with the news. Vitaly Kratsov did not make the opening night roster. He refuses a demotion to Hartford. And the team's going to allow him to seek a trade. Now, I always find that funny, Phil, because it's not like the player can dictate where he goes. Well, in this case, the player can dictate where he goes. And in this case, the player is right. And there are a lot of fans that I've seen on all platforms of social media that are blindly defending this organization for screwing it up with yet a second top 10 pick for the second year in a row. Okay. So if you're going to turn around and tell me that they both, they screwed up both times with Leas. Okay. You know, Leas wasn't a great pick. I, I, mm-hmm. I've said that in the past. It was a panic pick. They missed on Pedersen. And then you're going to tell me that they not only screwed up with him, but they screwed up with Kravtsov too. When does it start to become an indictment on this front office? When? Well, when? part of the problem when is... is it's a cried wolf situation. Enough of it. Enough. Stop defending them. They've I'm not defending them. I'm just taking all times. Angles. Several well, times. Part of it, But again, I was upset about this yesterday because, again, you had to run out Kratz off. We remember when we had uh, Guntoten and Granny come on? On Saturday, I was going to put on a Sunday. I mean, I was going to put on the video of that. And I'm like, yeah, you cut Kratz off. You better have a trade in place. They cut yeah, Kratz they, off. There's and, no trade in place. And they sent them down. And you know what? And the, the worst problem is, is that this organization has its priorities ass backwards. And I, I was just saying this before we went on. But the minute that they signed this guy on the back of my shirt, Artemi Panarin, they made this rebuild or rebuild if you want to put that in quotation marks because they accelerated this to to no extent they've made this all about speeding everything up and winning instead of the development of the players that they put at the forefront of that letter when they sent out that letter in february of 2018 they told us that we are focusing on the future that our rebuild was our number one priority. Why, how How is a rebuild your number one priority when you're playing Dryden friggin' Hunt in your top nine? Don't tell me that because you're not going to sell me oceanfront property in Kansas. You're not going to do it, Chris Drury. You're not going to do it, Gerard Gallant. I'm not stupid. I was born in a day, and it wasn't yesterday, and I'll tell you that you can go to hell right now if you think you're going to pull the wool over my eyes on that one. Because that ain't the case. There's something going on behind the scenes with this team. 
And whether it's the indictment of them screwing up with picks left and right, or whether it's the players that they're selecting and they're not getting the character issues that they're drafting them for down correctly and doing their research properly, or whether it's the players themselves, they are losing in the end. It's their fault. It falls on them. It's not the players. It's them. Them. You cannot have Capo Caco, Philip Hedl, Julian Gauthier, Leah Anderson, Vitalik Kravtsov twice, and others go and complain to various media outlets that something's not right with this organization. Something's wrong. It needs to be addressed. Whatever it is, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's Chris Jury, because Chris Jury seems to kind of just let everything go. Whether it's Glenn Sather, who's magically playing Metallica's master of puppets as he's pulling the strings of everybody in the damn organization from above, or whether it's James Dolan himself that says, I want playoffs now, and he's just pushing everything to the wayside, just like he does with the Knicks. James Dolan, you can just take a hike, by the way. Please, please do. Just leave your money and take a hike. Because this organization was so much better off when your hands were off of it. So you know what? I don't know what's going on anymore. I don't have an idea. At some point I thought I did. But you 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 thought that it was a good idea to play games with your number two prospect, your top forward prospect. And you think it's an even better move to put Dryden Hunt, a fringe NHL player. Where are your priorities? Where are your priorities here? They're they're nowhere to be found because this is a joke. This is an absolute joke. Okay. But don't tell me to shut up, by the way. I don't know who you are, but don't tell me to shut up. Uh oh. Some idiot in the comments telling me to Uh, shut up. Don't tell me to shut up. Uh yeah. There's there's not really a shut up button on us. So it's just does it ever kind of make you think that? Gerard Gallant is probably the freshest pair of eyes on this. And it's not exactly like he was getting wowed by Vitaly Kratsov. Vitaly Kratsov played better than Julian Gochi and Dryden Hunt while being hurt in, in the preseason. Okay. I mean, I don't understand yeah. where, I don't understand where the, the argument is that Dryden Hunt is a better fit for this team than Vitaly Kratsov. I don't understand how you can say that you're prioritizing the future when you're putting on a fringe NHL player on your roster. I Listen, I get it. They wanted to move Buchnevich because of the fact that they had to with the Kreider extension. Then on top of that, Jacob Truba's dumb contract that was given out by Jeff Gordon. You know what? Maybe they don't want Kravtsov playing bottom six minutes. Maybe they don't. But how are you putting Dryden Hunt in this lineup? And if 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 it's bot if it's top six or bust for Vitaly Kravtsov, what does that tell you about the way that this organization is developing players? You're well, going to carry eight defensemen on the roster, and one of them is Libor Hayek, who, who and is one a, of them is Libor Hayek. And I got to stop on that and 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 kind of go with that. And again. It goes back to this, because if you're going with Libor Hayek, as I said before, you have Nils Lundqvist, you have Matthew Robinson, you have uh, 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 Tom and you got uh, Braden Schneider, a litany of defensemen who have better potential than Libor Hayek 
And it can't just be we got to salvage something out of the McDonough trade because they already did. They got Nels Lundquist. So it can't just be that. You know what? Brett Howden didn't pan out. Lieber Hayek didn't pan out. You don't still you don't sacrifice one pick for another one. It's, but it's you just don't also simple. you don't also do that to justify a mistake to save face. You don't do that. That's not how you organize a team. That's not how you run a team. Take the it, mistake, take the L, and move on from that trade. Cut ties. Libor Hayek is terrible. If you are worried about losing Libor Hayek to waivers, then this front office is more stupid and deserves far less credit than anyone has given them so far. It's terrible. It's a joke. And again, there's been worse situations where the player has gone back to the team and continues to play. Look no further than Vladimir Tarasenko right now in St. Louis. Although that's a guy that had an established relationship. This is a rookie that's been jerked around now by two GMs and two team presidents. So, but Kratzoff felt he was ready to come here almost from day one. He didn't understand when they cut him with David Quinn, and now he kind of doesn't understand it right now. There has to be some transition with the North American game. There's got to be things that Gerard Gallant saw. I, I got to say it like that because uh, I can't match Philk's intensity right now. It, it's just not possible. What, He's but, so far beyond what, me. What could, what could Gerard Gallant have seen in Dryden Hunt? Uh, I watch all the preseason games. I was able to go back and watch the Ranger Island the preseason game. I, I it, it was on the next and a matter day. Matter of fact, Dryden Hunt had an assist on Kratzoff's goal. Yeah. Why? Why is it that Vitaly Kravtsov is getting the shaft, but somebody like Dryden Hunt is in the lineup? And then why is Dryden Hunt in the lineup over Julian Gauthier, who Gallant said also outplayed Kravtsov? Which I, I, I'm not. I, I don't buy that either. Uh, listen, I'm yeah. not saying that that Vitaly Kravtsov was the best player in this team in the preseason. But if I, you know that, what? I'm not, I'm really not trying to say that, but at the same time, how are you going to tell anybody that Dryden Hunt and Julian Gauthier clearly outplayed him to the point where they just, where he deserved to be sent down and you're not sitting Dryden Hunt in a press box right now. Like, listen, if it was the Tom Wilson thing and you wanted to, you wanted to just play them for a game. And you, you told Vitaly Kravtsov, this said, listen, this is a numbers thing. We're sending you down for one game. We brought all these guys to, in to combat Tom Wilson so Tom Wilson doesn't hurt any of our more of our star players. Okay, fine. I understand it. Jared Tenorti is clearly in the lineup for that reason over Niels Lundqvist. I get that. And I've said that. They were brought in here for this purpose and really this purpose to, to play against the bigger, heavier teams and especially Tom Wilson. But... At the same time, you can't put Dryden Hunt in your top nine. That tells me, okay, hey, we're gonna we're just gonna put some fringe NHL player in our top nine because we really don't have a clue of what we're doing, and we're gonna make clowns of ourselves just so we can go after Tom Wilson in game one. And now we're joined, of course, by our third member of the party, a Mr. Anthony Larocco. What's going on, gentlemen? Well, Flashed up your banner, but it was already uh, still had all the graphics on. But uh, we're going on the Vitaly Kratzoff uh, story. And what are your thoughts on that, Anthony? I heard a little bit of Philka when I was waiting outside. And 
<laughs> I agree with them. I'm sure the deaf would have heard, Phil. Fired up, but I agree with them. It's 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 piss poor. It's real. It's piss poor asset management. You know, you're talking. You're you know not counting Calco Lafreniere. I count them as graduated. Your best forward prospect that you picked what ninth ninth overall. Um, eighth. Eighth. You, you, you can't you can't miss on that. It's a wasted pick, and you know they handled it wrong. All because they didn't want to risk what putting Libor Hayek or or Dryden Hunt on waivers. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. This kid has has offensive potential to be a really good player and now now it's wasted because they're gonna they're gonna trade him and what are they what are they gonna get in return for him i mean they're not like yeah they're not really gonna get they're not really gonna get much and it's just bad it's bad all around it's chris drury really handled this poorly and the mind-blowing thing to me is they already experienced this what two years ago when he went back to tractor the guy doesn't clearly he doesn't want to really play in the ahl you know so this was an issue back then. Why in God's name did they think, okay, well, you know, after training Buchnevich and implying that there's a bigger role for him on the team, why in the right mind would they think that it would be okay to demote him to the AHL again? I just, I don't, I don't understand oh, it. Right. It's, it's, I, I, I got to agree with that. And that's one of those things I just, you knew what the, was going to happen. He, you either had to have a trade in place or, or, or not, because the player was not going to go. We, we all know this, whether or not he should or he shouldn't have. That's Here's another thing that nobody's right talking about. about. Something, something that nobody's talking about right now is that the KHL is clearly a better league than the AHL at this point. The level of talent over there is here compared to the AHL, which is about here. So why did they think that it was a good idea to send a player down who was unhappy there in the first place to an inferior league when you could have just let him go home and say, hey, you know what? You're probably not going to make this roster. We're going in a different direction. Let us send you back to Russia. You go play in Russia. You marinate over there. Look at the other players that have played over there for years before they came over. Artemi Panarin. The reigning Calder winner. Kirill Kaprizov. Evgeny Kuznetsov, who also played with Tractor, funny that enough. Three years, I believe, he played there. Vladimir Tarasenko. I mean, I, I'm sure I could probably think of other players that have played over there for years. It's just those four off the top of my head, and they've become star-level players, if not elite In the case of Panarin and Kaprizov, elite-level players. Sure, Kaprizov has only had one year, but he was playing at a very, very high level. But why would you not follow that recipe instead of rushing this kid over, stupidly, again, like they did with Leah Anderson, well, this and is year three, so I mean, it, but that's what I don't get. And, and how how can you not? And then how how are there these fans out there that are sitting there and justifying and attempting to justify every single move this organization makes as if they're above reproach? You have a rookie general manager who made a really bad trade of Pavel Buchnevich and has signed some other questionable deals in Barkley Goodrow and Patrick Nemeth. And now all of a sudden, this guy's a brother approach because what? You're xenophobic and you don't like Russians. Well, let's, let's not let's not go exactly that far. I, I, I think well, that's to, what that's what it feels like. I think you I think you have to be cognizant to the fact that a lot of Russian players, especially the younger ones, have no interest playing in the AHL. As I said in the Facebook Messenger, riding buses, making peanuts, not knowing the language. Uh, adjusting to the Western way of life where they could just go back to Russia where they're comfortable play in a better league and make more money. It doesn't, 
it doesn't make any sense. And the Rangers should have known this, that this, that this was going to happen or should have seen this coming when they sent him down to Hartford. It's just, it's, it's clear as day. And, and you look at, it goes back to Yevgeny Dandidov, played with Florida for a while, struggled, toured around with them. He went back to Russia. He came back. But the point is, that's what happens with these Russian players. They go back home if you send them to the AHL. Yeah, sure, there's ex- exceptions to the rule. Shesterkin didn't shirt. He didn't, you know, sulk. He went there, played in the AHL. And that it does it does occur. But for the most part, Nikita Filatov, Mikhail Gregorenko, these guys, these guys go back to Russia because they don't want to play in the AHL. And it's it's something that the Rangers really really handled poorly. And like I said, now 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 they now it's a ruined now it's a ruined pick because like I said before, they're not they're not going to get a, like a top prospect back for him being it's out in the open that he wants out. They're the, honestly their best case scenario is it's a situation when he gets traded for another struggling younger player. But you know it comes a point where. Do you really want to take on another? I'm not gonna say headache, but do you really want to take on another young guy who hasn't lived up to their draft hype or status? Like Barrett Barrett Hayden was a good example that Phil brought up the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Arizona, granted they're a bad team, he hasn't really showed much. So you know, it's a case of I guess where if the if the guy wants out, maybe you might as well do it. But the point is, the Rangers blew this because they're gonna. It's a wasted top ten pick. I think it's more on the player in this situation, in this particular uh, regard. Yes, he was jerked around. They basically said, you're going to be on this roster. We have a place for you. And who knows? Maybe he did not perform as well as they wanted him to. Or maybe other guys were impressive. I know, Phil, you don't want to hear that one. Uh, I'm actually having trouble believing it. Because you see all the world of potential. We saw all the highlights of... Vitaly Kratzoff for the last few years, him going bar down off the goalie's ear on the backhand. Remember that? Yeah, uh, I, that's not even that's not even the point though. The point is is that they asked him to do all these different things. They asked him to size the bulk up. He gained size. They asked him to work on his defense. He worked on his defense and clearly got better. They asked him to work on his board game. He got better. They asked him to work on his overall game away from the puck. He got better. And what is what 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 is good enough? What is good enough for them? And you know That's- what? Who who cares if Dryden Hunt outplayed him in camp? Okay, sure, maybe he did. But look long term. What is Dryden Hunt? Gonna- exactly. He's not, a, he's, he's not he's not a long term piece. What? So what? He'll play a better grinding game on the third line. Maybe be a little better defensively. What about a year from now? Two years from now? You know, Krasov has the ability to be a good offensive player. Dryden Hunt's not going to automatically just become this guy who scores 25 goals and, you know, wins the Selkie trophy. I mean, this is just, I'm, I'm disgusted. This is just, it's, it's, it's a, it's bad. It's, it's a, it's well, a bad another thing is Igor Sisterkin took the demotion to Hartford, uh, lit it up down there. And by January was called up and basically owned the Rangers net. So you yeah, could have gone that route. But we, these are all apples to oranges situations, though. You can't you can't say that oh, just because he's Russian and he got sent down. It's the same thing. It's not the same thing. Forward and goaltender, yes. it, it the the depth charts and the way that it works and the opportunities, everything is different. It's different situationally. Not only that, but I believe that LK three nine eight is somebody I follow on Twitter, and he actually made a great post. Earlier on today, if that is correct, Lucas, if that's you, then you made an excellent, excellent point earlier on today on Twitter that I saw. And the point that he made was that it's 2021. 
somebody has got to wake up and understand that third liners are not all checking players and checking only players anymore like it was in 1998. It's not the same game anymore. Skilled players play on third line. The Buffalo Sabres of 2006 and 2007 had skilled players on their third lines that could play. You have to have four lines that can play hockey. Your, your, your third line is not going to be Detroit's grind line anymore. That's not how it works in today's NHL. And a lot of fans don't understand this. And they defend the organization because of it, because they've been hammered into their heads for 20, 30, 40 years, however long they've been watching, that your checking lines should be lines that are almost devoid of skill, but are good at checking, they're physical, they fight, they take penalties, and so on. That's not how it works anymore. It's not it. Yeah, the new the new template is Tampa Bay and the Gord, uh, Coleman, and Barkley Goudreau line. That's what the new template is. People that can grind it out, defend, and put the puck in the net. That's exactly what you want in the third line. Why would you not want Vitaly Kravtsov playing with somebody like Barkley Goudreau who can teach him these things? Filipino, good young center. You could have had that as your third line. And that would have been a really good third line. But no, look, you decided look. that you wanted Dryden Hunt, who who's worth in value to this organization is shit going forward and, and over look, a top 10 pick and look and look at the equivalent the islanders are playing oliver wallstrom on a third line with jg pajot it it, it it would have been a similar a similar situation and there's nothing wrong with a skilled forward like that playing Bingo. on the third line Bingo. and by the way that's that's one of those things I, I can't help but shake my head about and go gee i'm envious of you right now anthony because we were ready to we're still going to do our season preview show on who's going to win the awards, who we think is going to win the cup, everything else. But we get this monkey wrench thrown in there, and we didn't even talk about this yet, guys. You, get ready for this one. You know what's going to you know what's going to make this whole worse? If if Oliver Wallstrom continues on the trajectory that he did last season, every time Wallstrom does something good, Ranger fans are going to point out that the Rangers could have drafted him over Kraftsoff. Well, right and now so- Kraftsoff is starting to make us regret not keeping Pavel Brendel. That's that's what this is starting to look like because he, that's that's oh, a trajectory oh, God, that he's no. on. God no, yeah, that that guy was the worst of the worst. Yes, he was terrible. But the Rangers don't name a captain this week. They would name a third of their active players tonight as alternate captains. So, I mean, so basically, on top know, of screwing everything up with Kravtsov, they screw this up again after telling people that they were going to name a captain. So. It, it, what makes anyone think that this front office has an idea of what they're doing right now? That's what I want to know. Please, somebody answer that honestly. Bro, well, I please, mean, please. To to me, I guess um, it could be it could be Gerard Gallant. As of this moment, doesn't see an individual in the locker room who is a clear cut choice for wearing the C. Which I mean, is fine. fine. It's that which yeah that that's fine. It could be it could be a case where he thinks it's a younger guy um, that's not ready yet. I mean that's definitely possible, um, or he just thinks that the guy's not in the locker room right now, which is a whole another issue. But I mean, listen, it is what it is. I mean, the Rangers haven't had a captain in a while, so I get the fans' you know frustration over it. Eventually, you want you want a clear cut leader of the team, um, but you know you have to wait at least another year. 
It's just I, I had look, to stand for that, Lucas. I had to. It did you know what? Uh, I this is where I stop, and I I kind of just asked this question of. We were debating what one person could be captain, or maybe even co-captains, and then six alternate captains. Are you kidding me? I think they missed a couple of fans. They could have made Dance and Larry an alternate captain while they're at it. But yeah, it's, a on his it, jersey. It's just why? Yeah, like why not? I mean, I I remember that there was a um a team I played in high school that had like six alternate captains. We were all confused. Actually, no, they had four captains. It was Massapequa Chiefs. <laughs> and we we're all like laughing about it going, what the hell's going on here? Um, they're all pretty good players too. That was actually the funny part. It's just, as far as this goes, like the alternate captains here, they are right here. Um, Panarin, Kreider, Zabanishad, Jacob Truba, Ryan Strom, Barkley Goudreau. I mean, Ryan Strom, alternate captain. We needed to put that in. We need to get Barkley Goudreau in a. You know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now that I don't have a problem with them not naming a captain, due to the fact that they obviously didn't have conviction anyone in this locker room, and last year would have shown you that. And you can't name Barkley Goudreau a captain right off the bat. That would just it would be a mockery. It would, it, would, it would absolutely divide that room. Six alternates, way too much. You should have went with four. You should have went with four, and Barkley Goodrow probably shouldn't have gotten an A right off the bat. And but, I believe right, record goes, there's three every game. That's what it is. But I will tell you right now, I am okay with them not making a move that they did not have the utmost conviction in but you cannot turn around and tell people that you're going to name a captain by opening night and then not do it. You, you, the front office looks bad enough as it is with the Kravtsov situation, which happened afterwards, ironically. Mm-hmm. And then you have this on top of it. This is a double-decker shit sandwich of failure coming into full, full notion, full swing. It's full circle. It, it's... It's mind-blowing that this organization, that this front office could screw things up this badly. No, you'll know when my internet blows up. Trust me, you will. (laughs) But this is ridiculous. Like, don't tell people that you're going to name a captain and then you don't name a captain. All that Gallant had to say was, we're going through it. We're going through the motions. I'm analyzing everybody on this team and trying to make the best possible decision that I could make in terms of a captain. No problem. No problem. But you went and you did that and then you turned around and you named six alternates and now you look like you couldn't manage your way out of a paper bag. A wet one with a knife. Actually a machete. Sorry. But this... Anthony. Anthony, what happens first? We know who the new James Bond is or the Rangers captain? (laughs) New James Bond. (laughs) <laughs> James, uh, yeah. James Bond. I, I don't think you'll know who the Rangers captain is until next season, if um, you know, if they do name one at that point. I think L is probably on her way to college by that point. <laughs> uh, by the time we have a Rangers I think captain, Ella graduates with a master's before that happens. <laughs> I mean, the Rangers had somebody with the qualifications to be a Rangers captain on the roster. They had an American player named Ryan. That's it. 
for since the last two were Ryan Callahan and Ryan McDonough. Ryan Lindgren could have done it. So I, I it's I think it's I, I I I'm trying not to complain because we said that the honeymoon would last forever for or at least for a few more months. But um <laughs> I mean it, it's just that yes, please. I, I'm gonna try to trust Golan on this one. Drury, I think, completely botched the Kratzoff situation. If it's for Libor Hayek, he should have been gone. Back to the captain, because that's where the topic is. I still think it could have been, it should have been Chris Kreider. Um, <laughs> whatever. It, Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, take a pick. I don't want to hear it, fanboy. Me? Yeah, you. Okay, well. President it's... of the fan club, I do not want to hear it. <laughs> All right, well, you, you know what? Name anyone. Have anyone do it. We know when Brian Leach was the captain, Adam Graves was the vocal guy in the room, and he still had Wayne Gretzky there. And then in between the time when Brian Leach was captain, Mark Messier was captain. I mean, there we finally got over the Messier shadow that was that was on this organization. And now the answer is don't ever get a captain ever again. Well, they've had captains since. I mean, Yarmer Yager was a captain. Yes, Ryan in his Callahan second was season. A captain. Chris Drury right. was a captain. Ryan McDonough was a captain. I mean, oh, big loop. Yeah, <laughs> big I mean, McDonough. Uh, I, I would, I would take that if that meant that my or that my team's front office wasn't an incompetent <laughs> bunch of morons. <laughs> I mean, more on big loop later. I mean, the the other thing just to say with that is. It's kind of a good thing if you're not the Rangers captain because the last two captains have been traded. So, all right. And, okay, so and, let's name Jacob Truba captain so we can get rid of that awful contract. Yay! I mean, can't ar- can't argue with Problem that solved. one. Yeah. Problem can't solved. Argue with that one. Um, we still got like another minute to kill before we get Dave Paniota on. Um. But I guess we'll keep we'll keep on going with this. Man. So, uh, again, what was the player that you said before was Hayden? Who? Uh, for the Arizona Pirates. Hayden, yeah. Hayden. Hayden. Okay, so what's his background? Fifth overall pick in 2018. Uh, four spots ahead of Vitaly Kravtsov in that same draft. Was a hero on Canada's uh, World Junior team. Scored a big goal for them on an assist from Alexi Lafreniere. <laughs> He's a friend and teammates of Alexi Lafreniere's from that team. He's got talent. He's got potential. But he needs a change of scenery. And Arizona's another team where the management is stupid. You don't know what's going on there. They have stable ownership now. But their front office has been... Even after John Chaka and the, the debacle with him and what he was doing that was illegal that ended up, you know, heading them find of draft picks, they still don't have great management. Yeah. So I, I mean, I just I really don't I really don't think that he's got a future there. Mm-hmm. Their option would be Dylan Strom. Maybe you go after Dylan Strom, who's been, who, you know Pierre LeBron just said yesterday is now going to be on the market. And he expects to be traded in a week or two. I mean, you might as well take a chance on that. Well, Vitaly Kratzoff or Dylan Strom. Boom, there you go. Yeah, but uh, Dylan Dylan Strom, I mean, he, he the last couple of years he struggled, but he's a guy that's had a 50-point season. I, I don't know if the Blackhawks are going to trade him away 
for a guy in Carroll no. who hasn't really who hasn't you know no straight up they won't but I mean you gotta remember there here's Dave. All right. Welcome Dave. Hey boys. It's all it's always a pleasure hey, to have you on. Thanks for joining us as you uh you know have your, your drive to you know check out the Leafs tonight. But um I just want wanted to start off uh with asking you about Brady Kachuk. You know, obviously the season's underway, uh still not signed. Uh where do we stand with that? You know, we hear a lot of things that he doesn't want to go long term. Uh and also does the the eight year sixty three million dollar extension to Nick Suzuki um, come into play with what he might get, being that they've both averaged about you know 40, 45 points so far in their time in the NHL. Yeah, you know, I, I think that Suzuki's deal might benefit the Sens a little bit because it, it sounded like the numbers for him might have been higher. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you said it. This is, this is basically a short-term versus long-term scenario and who's going to budge first. Uh, now, there were talks earlier on in the summer that it, it sounded at the time like things were moving positively towards a, a long-term eight-year extension. And obviously, the season started last night, and he's still – I don't know. I don't know if he's in St. Louis or if he's in Michigan. I think he went back to St. Louis. Um, but that's, that's kind of where things are at. So whoever kind of budges first, I mean, that's – when we'll start to see some additional progress at this stage, but you know, you got to keep in mind from Ottawa's perspective, I mean, they're not naming a captain, so it's clear that they view him as the next captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not up against the cap. They got the most cap space of the league. They're not a cup contender at this stage. So, you know, you, you wait it out and do they, would they rather him be there? Obviously. And of course, but, um, it's not as pressing as it might be for other teams in other scenarios. You know, if they were a cup contender uh, or on the cusp, then this, there'd be a lot more panic, but I'm just not seeing it from Ottawa, which is why they seem willing to dig their heels in. Now, just, just a quick follow-up there with, with Willie Nylander a couple of years ago, you know, if you remember, he, he literally took to like 4:58 on December 1st uh, to get yep. his contract signed. Um, do you think it could possibly go as far as that, or is it not nearly as as contentious yet? Mm, I, I mean, it really depends. Again, how hard each side is willing to stand firm. Um, as of now, anything is possible. It wouldn't it wouldn't shock me, uh, but it it doesn't. At least the message that's being put across from both sides is that it's not getting there, uh, not anytime soon. So, is there a stalemate? Yeah, are they optimistic that one side's going to bend a little bit and really get this thing rolling again? Also, yes. So, I mean, we just got to kind of wait and see. And again, like with, with Willie's deal, you know, it affected his overall cap hit because he signed midseason and it, it yeah. adjusted the numbers. It's The Sens don't care if that happens because, again, they've got, you know, they're just above the floor. So, for them, it doesn't matter. Dave. Now, with the bombshell about Dylan Strome being dropped yesterday by uh, Pierre Lebrun, what are you hearing about him? Are you hearing that any teams are interested or any specific teams at this point, I should say? Yeah, I mean, look, first of all, with with it's, it's funny because both him and Ryan Strome were, you know, rumored to be available over the course of the summer. And Ottawa had inquired about both. And there was belief uh, that – one of them was going to the senators. They just couldn't figure out who. 
and I mean, it hasn't happened yet. And, and Ryan's for now staying in New York. Um, but with Dylan, I, I believe the Sens have, have re-engaged on that front. I think Buffalo to a certain extent um, as, as well. He's got a $3 million cap hit. He's effectively being used as a fourth line guy in Chicago. He's falling out of favor there. Um, can he be a, th- a legit three C guy? Can he move up on another team and be a two C and then, Hopefully he, he, you know, lives up to some of the potential. I think given the right opportunity, that's possible. Um, but, you know, it's really going to come down to what the asking price is. I don't know what that price is at this point. Um, but, you know, again, he's, he's an RFA at the end of the summer uh, or at the end of the season, excuse me, in the summer, and he's got arbitration rights. So that'll play a bit of a factor into what type of price is really going to be paid once he gets moved. Because it does, certainly sounds like it's a matter of when and not if. The when, though, I mean, we're still early on in the season, so this this could be something that drags out for a little while. Dave, we had an entire rundown ready to go, and then the New York Rangers made us scrap some of it because of the Vitaly Kratzoff situation. <laughs> uh, we were just talking about it before you got on. Um, just, I guess, how is this going to end? Uh, I mean, if it follows the trend now, it ends on him being on a different team. Um I mean, I don't, I don't know if you want to blame the Rangers. You might want to blame him more than anything. But look, you know, you know, this is this is a guy that the anticipation was he was going to be making the team. That there wasn't really any talk of if you don't or if you have a crappy camp or this, that, and the other. Then we got to discuss some options. The mentality was he was being put on this roster and he was going to be part of the Rangers this season. And things changed because he had a subpar camp in their eyes. So, I mean. At this point, like he's he's you know unofficially asked for a trade. He's a, you know unofficially nun, wink wink nudge nudge. Um, the agent's <laughs> been given permission, as it's been reported. He wants a change. He wants to be in an environment where he feels he can be an everyday NHLer and then climb the ranks uh, from from there into being a legit top six offensive threat. So now it comes down to how much pull can Dan Milstein have his agent in trying to up his value and potential to another team. And then it's up to Drury and his crew to figure out what the right package is and, and what they want. I mean, do they want to move him for and just say the hell with this and we'll give you picks of prospects or we'll take picks of prospects? Or do they want to package it and maybe bolster the defensive core or, you know, another part of the, the roster? I mean, you look at the Rangers, they're a lot deeper than I think a lot of people anticipated they would be to start this season. So maybe it's the defensive core that they look to, to bolster or – you combo it and you, you, you know, you, you bolster that or you just say the heck with this and we'll get prospects and picks, but it, it's still too early. Um, but the fact that the agent is, is helping the process along that typically bodes well in these situations. Just to follow up. Uh, is there any chance of reconciliation? I mean, sure. The Rangers could turn around and say, our bad. Uh, we think that, you know, you can be an, an everyday guy and we'll slot you in the roster right away. That's what it sounds like. So, I mean, th- the longer this drags out, the more of an opportunity it is for the player to, you know, sit back, suck it back and go, all right, I'll, I'll eat this for now. I'm an RFA in the summer. I'll, we'll go from there. Um, so that's a possibility too. But again, this is, this is still fresh. I mean, you know, I'd say about a week ago, there was an indication that, he probably wasn't going to be making the team. And that's when 
you know, that process started to get going from the agent side of things. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how things progress here in, in, in the next little while. Now, Dave, I, I, I'm sick of really talking about this guy, but with Jack Eichel, it's been going on forever. Um, about... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure we ever mentioned Jack um, Eichel's name. It was like, we you just know, lost five viewers. I believe it was a, a week ago, you know, um, it was reported that maybe things are progressing a little bit. Um, I'm a little skeptical still about it. You know, there's a lot of money that would have to go back the other way, and he still has the issue about which procedure he's going to have, and he hasn't had a surgery yet, so – I mean, do you really think there has been progress or do you think this is something that still, you know, may, you know, take a while to play out here? Uh, I mean, there's been some progress in the entire saga, I guess. Um, You know, one chapter has been figured out. Another one is almost there. The big chapter, the climax is obviously figuring out what the hell the package is going to be. But the fact that teams, more teams, because I was, uh, uh, I think I reported this in summer too, that some teams were given some indication of his medical records and now appears that they've seen more of it and other teams I have as well. But at this stage, guys, look, it, it sounds like teams are comfortable, or at least majority of teams still in the mix, are comfortable with the uh, artificial disc replacement surgery. So now it's a matter of how the heck do we figure out what type of packages is going to be. You know, you wanted a minimum of four key assets, four top-tier prospects or first-round picks or equivalent as part of a package for Jack Eichel. Well, okay, we're going to give you two, and the other two will be in the compensation fashion or uh, equivalency, or we're going to give you two, you know, top-tier assets. We're going to give you a B or a C, and then we're going to add some – uh, uh, terms to the deal that would allow for really getting creative in, in this. Saying, okay, if he comes down to that, um, you know, do I think, you know, names in Calgary, San Jose's, Columbus's, do I still think they're kicking around? I do. Uh, I, the Rangers were to a certain extent until they got Zabinijad locked up. Um, and, and now, I mean, look, from San Jose's side of things, first of all, they got to know what the heck's going on with Vander Kane because uh, yeah. that's $7 million off the books currently. But if he somehow miraculously is cleared of all the negative stuff that's against him uh, with respect to the investigation the NHL is doing, uh, breaking protocols and fake vaccine passport and all that stuff, um, if he's cleared of all that, then he comes back on the team. If he's not, then it sounds like his cap hit will remain off the books. So that gives uh, the Sharks a little bit of of flexibility there. But we'll see kind of how things go. I mean, again, there's clarity and there seems to be, at least these teams seem to be comfortable with a disc replacement surgery. It's just a matter of how do we finagle the right package to make everybody happy? And we're not there yet. But, uh, you know, as I I reported last week, uh, Pat Brisson, is fully engaged in this, the agent, and is helping out as well. So that usually helps, especially with Pat's track record. Dave, I saw your article earlier on about uh, John Klingberg. If you were a betting man, do you say that this gets done, and how soon do you think it would get done? Well, as of now, not very soon. Um, You know, I, I, 
reported this yesterday on NHL Network and then wrote about it, as you said, today with respect to his situation. They were working towards an eight-year deal, um, or at least that was the focal point, was an eight-year extension. Um, that's what he wants, and it sounds like that's what the team was was willing to do, but they're just far apart on the dollars and the structure of everything. So, I mean, unless this really escalates in the next couple of days here, this is probably going to be something that gets dragged out, uh, you know, and then, and then you kind of you kind of go from there. There's no set deadline. I mean, Klingberg and his agent uh, are, are willing to, um, you know, have this go throughout the season. Obviously, the agent will focus on everything, Peter Whalen. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll see how we'll we'll see how things kind of roll there. He was disappointed about not getting a deal before the start of the season. He thought they'd be able to get there. At least that was the impression when they started the negotiations in the summer, right before camp. Uh, but, you know, still no deal. And this could be something that drags out. Again, there's no set deadline. But I would be very surprised that if they don't get a deal done by the trade deadline, I would be surprised if he doesn't at least hit the market as a free agent to see what the value is there. Um, so the stars kind of have to decide what type of risk they want to take. Our guest is Dave Pignolo from the fourth period. Um, now, Dave, I gotta, I gotta, you know, ask about my boys in the blue and orange here. Um, we had, uh, we had Dan Rose on a couple weeks ago, um, and you know, he he said that you know there's really no real holes in the Islanders lineup if you look maybe left side defense, and a lot of people in the media are giving them love to win the division, go to the finals, but. I do agree their weakness on the left side after Adam Pellick, you're talking to Daniel Char and Andy Green, uh, older. So, and this is, you know, a couple of months out, but could you see at the trade deadline, the Islanders targeting a left-hand defenseman, maybe Hampus Lindholm got one year left in his deal. I know Matthias Ekholm would have been perfect, but he re-signed in Nashville. But um, is that the position that you could see the Islanders making a move for uh, come the trade deadline? Yeah. I mean, if everything is, is working smoothly and, uh, you know, the season's going well. You don't want to tinker too much with the chemistry. Uh, so I would imagine that that's probably, I mean, uh, barring injury or anything like that, I would imagine that's probably the area that they would want to address. Perhaps get a little bit more speed on that left side um, more than more than anything. Not necess- I mean, you've got the responsible guys in your own zone uh, from a defensive aspect, but perhaps you want to have somebody that's a little bit more mobile that can play that left side, which was one of the reasons they had Gus at, at excuse me, Gustafson at camp um, was to see if he'd be able to gel fit and can they make something work dollar wise to, to get him in there. But um, a little more offensive, a little bit more mobile. That's probably something that they would address later on. Uh, of course, you know, barring any other holes in the lineup, but you're right. I think that's the primary because they're, they're, they like their, the makeup of their team. And quite frankly, so do I. Dave, we were just talking about this a minute ago. Um, with all the people that were named Rangers alternate captains yesterday, were you named one of the Rangers alternate captains? Because they basically have everybody. No, but I heard Leach and Messier and Richter were given honorary A's again, part of this team. <laughs> that's a lot. Boys. Like that's, you know, hey, you can't, you can't put of... an A on a goalie. No, uh, he's not playing anymore. So that's <laughs> true. Honorary, honorary. <laughs> Um, so you mean uh, to, yeah, you mean I, to I, tell I, us that Messier's double dipping? 
he is uh, yeah he's he's on the broadcast side he's <laughs> uh, he's not allowed to talk about the rangers per se because of this but no no i'll just uh look I, I, that's a weird one that obviously i mean we're joking about it a lot we're not the only ones trust me um i, I had a a buddy of mine that plays uh, on another team uh and asked what the heck was why are they giving so many guys the a um but yeah, look, there's people around the league talking about it, but I mean, they, they like their leadership group and I guess that's what they want to roll with for the time being. So it's an odd one, but it, whatever works. So D- Dave, before, uh, before we let you go, I, I'll, we play a game, uh, a segment on a show. It's called uh, bar talk as one of Mark's profession um, is a bartender. Uh, you know, you have a statement and then you, you take a shot if you don't, if you think it's, you know, not going to happen or it's wrong. A beer, if you kind of like lie in the middle um, or. Oh, man, I, I would love, I would love to play this game in person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll arrange that sometime. So, so right. um, I'll give you, I'll give you one on top. You'll be the first guest to actually uh, play this with us, but. Um, the statement is the Blue Jackets are rushing Cole Sillinger. So do you take a shot on that, a beer, or are you buying everyone around? Um, I was too busy making a joke about it. So what are the rules? Hold on. What are the rules? If I agree, <laughs> I take the drink. So if, if you yeah. if you agree, yeah, if you if you agree, it would be you're buying everyone around. If you lie in the middle, okay. it's a beer, or if you think it's you know wrong, not close, you're you know, you're taking a shot on it. Okay. Um I don't think they're rushing him. I think he had a hell of a camp. So I guess I'm taking the shot. Is that how it works? Yes. yes. Yeah, it's a shot. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. I'm writing this down, by the way, or at least mentally I'm driving. So I'm mentally <laughs> driving this down <laughs> for later on. So yeah, we don't need game. you doing shots while you're driving. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> so you uh, you looking forward to, to covering the Leafs game tonight? Uh, I'm looking for, you know what? I'm looking forward to um, a full building on, on this side of the border. Uh, you know, yeah. obviously it, it's been a while up here. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to that more than that, more than anything, the atmosphere, everything that's there. Um, kind of hoping that the Leafs found a way to change their goal song. I don't think that's the case. Um, it's <laughs> not a fan it, of Hall and Oates. Hall and Oates is still I, great. I Look, I love Hall and Oates, but I mean, for this, for, for this goal, goal song that's been going on for whatever, I mean, since, since Brendan Shanahan took over, he, he changed the goal song to this. I don't think people know this, um, but this is Brendan Shanahan's decision. That's his the goal song. So it's, it's sticking unless there's some huge shift and he's caving to everybody's pressure. Um, but that'll stick around. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to just a full building. Uh, out here in the Leafs and Habs, and uh, if the Leafs lose, just how panic-driven the the city of Toronto will be because it's game one. So why wouldn't they be? <laughs> yeah, it's, that's certainly true. All right, well, we'll we'll let you go, Dave. But thanks for joining us. We always appreciate when you make time for us, and uh, you know we'll we'll talk to you soon. You got it. Thanks for having me, as always, guys. Thank you. Thanks Thank you for coming. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> All right, and uh, there we go. And uh, by the way, Dave Panyota, our first guest ever, went back when we were ATR still. So that's always great. Um, and and by the way, Hall and Oates, that that that's a good song to keep. Uh, 
maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe change their victory song since we can't hear it in the playoffs. So, uh, we're going to actually, guys, we're going to move on to our season preview. And our season preview, we're going to say who's going to be the division winners, who's going to win the Calder Trophy, who's going to win the Heart. And we're going to start with the trophies. So, guys, first, first things first, who do you have winning the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year? I'm going to say Cole Caulfield is going to win the Calder. I, I, I just think that I, I, I could see him scoring somewhere between 25 and 30 goals and maybe even more than 30 if things run right for them. He'll try to keep Montreal in playoff contention. I think ultimately Montreal is going to miss it because Shea Weber being out for the year is going to hurt their defense big time. Carey Price being out indefinitely is going to hurt them even more. But Cole Caulfield is – going to probably play with Nick Suzuki and I think they're going to make some magic together. So I think Cole Caulfield's going to win it. Anthony. A couple of weeks ago, we had a bar talk and um, I, I, I was high in Quentin Byfield for this, but um, you know, reflection is the season getting closer. Um, and especially he suffered an injury uh, in camp, but um, I'm going to go Cole Caulfield too. Um, I mean, the guy, uh, he's not big in stature, but he's got a lethal shot, a really quick release. He's got a nose for a net, uh, and his hands are are ridiculous. And, yeah, I agree with Phil. Uh, he's had some good chemistry with Suzuki, and I think he's going to score a bunch of goals, possibly possibly 30. Um, and I'm not, he, I don't think he's going to run away with it with, as Kaprizov did last season, but um, I think he'll win it. And just to, as a sidebar, I, I, Trevor Zegers will be close behind him in second. I'm actually going to go completely different and I'm going to go with an off the rails pick, like out of completely off the radar. I'm going to okay. go more at Snyder. Uh, I think he might get the number one job for the power play in Detroit and he might be putting up some numbers because somebody has to, that's just the way to do it. Like uh, Thomas Shabbat a few years ago had a, had a great season with the Ottawa senators, but um, I don't even think he was a finalist, but. Uh, you know, it's yeah. I I have to give a different name besides Cole Caulfield, who has a really good chance at it. Um, before we go to the other all the the positions, uh, Anthony, we'll start with you. Who's gonna win the rocket? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's Austin Matthews. Uh, you know, he had a hell of a year. Like, I mean, he a guy almost scored 50 goals in a 56 game season. Um, he, you know, he had that wrist injury. Uh, I think he'll be ready for the start of the season here tonight. Um, but I think as long as he stays healthy, um, I think it's his to lose. I mean, you can't count out Pasternak and of course, you know, Ovi who's chasing Gretzky. Um, but I, I, I think Austin Matthews is going to take it home. Ovi chasing Gretzky. Can he score eight ninety? Anyway. Uh, oh, go. God. Yeah. Uh, I got to go with Matthews as well. It's – I don't know if there's a better goal scorer in the league right now. Alexander Ovechkin's obviously arguably the greatest goal scorer ever. But Alexander Ovechkin right now at 36 years old is not Alexander Ovechkin at 26. So – this is this is a completely different story now. Matthews has definitely surpassed him. I want to say that 
it's going to be Matthews. And I, I don't know who battles him for it. Probably Pasternak would probably come close. Um, maybe someone out of nowhere really kind of joins the race. Maybe Re- Miko Rantanen steps his game up goal scoring wise this year or someone, or maybe Nathan McKinnon breaks 40, you know, and starts getting close. So, you know, uh, you know, I didn't want to go with a clean sweep for the Calder trophy. We're going to do it right now. Uh, Austin Matthews, if he's healthy, he's leading the league in goals. The only argument is, does he get 60? Filk? I had to put that up there just because I got uh, so, you. Again, it's not my best song. No, but um, I, if, if we're going, we should have saved that for bar talk, Mark. Jeez, you took away uh, one you of my bar talk already with, with the Matthews thing. So now now we're going to take away two topics? Jeez. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to say beer. It's more than possible that he hits 60, but I don't see it. Anthony? Shot. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. So there you go. We'll go. We'll, I'll type it in while we're doing the other ones. We'll go back to it. And the reason right, why boy. I say this, is this, this year he's playing against every single team, not just the North Division. So I think it's going to be – he's not going to have an easier time as he did last season. I, I, you know what, though? In the, in the North Division, yeah, they didn't play any defense, but he's going to play some weaker teams that weren't in his division. you got to remember, he's going to play more of Buffalo. That's, and Buffalo's weak. He's going to play <laughs> Montreal. Montreal, it, to me, is a weaker team than they were last year. He's going to play the other weaker teams. He's going to play Detroit, which I, it, they're in their division as well. So that's another weak team that he yeah. can feast on. He's going to he's going to see other weak teams. So, yeah, that's I got to agree with that. And they might have to run and gun this year. I I particularly don't love their defense and I don't love their goaltending. So we'll see about that. Not that again. Not that I wish ill on anybody. So, guys, who's going to win the Vesna Trophy? And uh, I'm going to save my my analysis on this one for last because I was looking at it today and going, really? But, uh, Phil, you first. I know this is such an easy pick because he's considered the best, but I've got to go with Andre Vasilevsky because this year Tampa Bay does not have the stacked team that they've had the past two years or the past three years, I should say, when they – won 62 games, tied the NHL record, and then won the back-to-back Stanley Cups. They lost their entire third line. They've lost some depth players. Uh, They just lost one of their top prospects in waivers. Uh, This team is affected. So Andre Vasilevsky has led the NHL in wins the last four years in a row. I can't remember the last goaltender that did that. So um, I got to say Vasilevsky because he's going to get a lot of wins. He probably still might lead the league in wins again on, like I said, a lesser team. And his numbers are going to be right near the top, and he's not going to have some great defensive system in front of him. So I'm going to go Vasilevsky. Anthony? I mean, I, I again, I hate to agree, but, yeah, I mean, it's 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 Vasilevsky. Um, he's the best goalie in the world. Uh, you know, I, I mean, Connor Hellbuck could give him some, could give him some competition for it. Robin Leonard. Um, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I think it's going to be Vasilevsky. He's just, he's, his size and quickness, um, is just, you know, top notch and Tampa Bay while 
I think losing that whole third line will hurt them. And it's one game, so you don't read into it, but they didn't look very good last night. But um, I still think they're going to be a really good team. Um, And I think Vasilevsky is going to be at the head of the table. So this was my analysis in this today. Do you guys know who the last back-to-back Vezina Trophy winner was? Back-to-back Vezina Trophy. Uh, Dominic Hoshik. Hoshik. Martin Brodeur. 2007 oh, and 2008. 2008. Yes. Okay. There's cool. only one repeat winner active in the league right now. Know who that one is? One repeat active winner. Okay. Stop Flurry. Luongo retired. Harry Price. Um, no. No. Harry Price is only one one. Yeah. Um. And he, in my opinion, he stole one from Henry Gonquist, not Carey Price. This not Quick. No. No, Quick hasn't hasn't never won it. I don't think. Sergey Bobrovsky. Oh, and wait, wait, wait! Hold on one second. Back to back winner. No, no, not back to back winner. Repeat winner. Yeah, that's a back to back winner. Okay, he won. That he had two. That's what I'm trying to say with that. You can't. You, you can't say repeat winner. Repeat winner means that they won it in two consecutive years. If you're going to say multiple time winner, you got to say multiple time winner. That, that okay. completely changes everything. All right, my bad on the wording. Okay, no, go further to the point. Going further to the point. Um, Vasilevsky. It seems like they're just being a little bit overly sentimental and trying to figure out who to give it to. So, again, I'm going off the board. If this guy stays healthy, I think he wins it. It's Darcy Kemper. Um, yes. Thank you, Chris T. Repeat means back to back. <laughs> All right. I misworded it, okay? But, again, it's just there's – it seems to me like they're almost trying not to name the same person a winner because Vasilevsky could have multiple ones. No, Henry Joe, not, all, have not all the people Gary in the chat understood. All right. But moving on to the Norris, guys, tell me there's no way the press does not vote for Kale McCarr. It, uh, uh, I, I can't say that they, they just vote for Kale McCarr for the sake of voting for Kale McCarr. Yes, the, the, vo- the voters seem to have back-to-back steel cage matches. Okay, I'm, I'm for that. But um, uh, you can't just go and say Kale McCarr is just going to win the Norris. You can't. Uh, I know that they tend to lean towards points, but what if Adam Fox has another season like he had this past year? And I'm not saying Adam Fox is going to be a back-to-back winner because it's tough to win the Norris back-to-back. The last back-to-back winner of the Norris Trophy happened to be Nicholas Lidstrom, and that's one of the three best defensemen of all time. probably. So um, I could see Hedman winning it again, especially if he puts up like 60 to 70 points. They're going to look at him and say, hey – Tampa has a reduced team and Hedman is still playing at an elite level. So there goes Victor Hedman. I'm going to have to go with Victor Hedman. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the obvious choice. I'm going to go with Darian Hatcher. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go Um I mean, Cal McCarr, the guy, it just seems like you could see it coming. I mean, he's, he's really skilled. He's going to play on an avalanche team. 
Uh, I know we're going to get to the President's Trophy prediction, but yes, he's going to play, play in the Avalanche team that's going to be in contention to win that. Um, they're a high-octane, fast-paced, high-scoring team. Um, and the guy is, for a defenseman, the way he skates and moves laterally and his, his just puck skills, he's he's really, really good. And I think it's he's going to get his due, and he's going to win it this year. <laughs> Libor Hayek will win the, uh, the three Norris trophies. Uh, yeah, I, I will I, fall I, over dead on my face. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think it's going to be Kale McCarr pretty much no matter what. Season ends tomorrow. That they, they'll vote for Kale, Kale McCarr. That being said, uh, Adam Fox won a Norris for a team that didn't make the playoffs. He so, was the first one to do it. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's possible. It's very possible, but. I also think Kale McCarr didn't have enough games because he had an injury during the season. That That's why Fox did that, and even though the Rangers offense went nowhere. Here's a dark horse for you. Um, Miro Heiskin, and I, I think he's the second best – I think he's the second best skating defenseman behind Kale McCarr, um, and he's, he's, he's very good. If he played on a team not – let's say not in Dallas, if he played for the Montreal Canadiens or the Maple Leafs or the Rangers or, you know, the Bruins – he would be he would be much more highly regarded. I think Miro Heiskin is a he very needs to put up the offensive numbers though. He, he hasn't really put up the numbers that would get him close. And there is precedent for for defensemen getting the Norris based on points. Paul Coffey mm-hmm. in ninety five. Paul Coffey was not the best defenseman yeah. in the league in nineteen ninety five, yeah. but he won the Norris. Eric Carlson in two thousand twelve. Yeah, in his own zone, he was average at best. Yeah. And yeah. Shane Weber had, I think, a 50-point year that year and didn't win the Norris, but Eric Carlson won it. P.K. Subban in 2013 won the Norris because of offensive numbers, and he's horrible defensively. So uh, there is a precedent. I could see it happening, but I I think if Victor Hedman has another 60 60 to 70-point season, they're going to look at this and say, hey, you know, Kel McCarr is on a President's Trophy winner. Victor Hedman is on a team that's not a President's Trophy winner, but there's still a good team, Victor Hedman. And Victor Hedman's got name power, mm. which is another thing Norris voters usually do is they go to the guy with the reputation. It's a mob mentality type thing with these voters. And that happens a lot, so many times. It's it's like the gold gloves in baseball. They're just like, that guy's a good fielder. Not looking at metrics or anything else or whether or not their skills are diminishing. All right, so... Now, guys, we got to say who the MVP is. Phil, you're going to start this one because I think I know the name you're about to throw out there. I wanted to say Connor McDavid because I think Connor McDavid's going to have another ridiculous season. But I, I think that his team is going to excel. And I think it's Nathan McKinnon. I, I think this is the year that Nathan McKinnon finally says, screw this. I'm going full Michael Jordan like he's basically done already with his words and he's just going to drag everybody. And he's going to be that guy that basically turns into a Michael Jordan type. No, you need to be better. No, you need to be better. This is how you get better. This is how you get better. And he's, I think he's going to win the heart trophy. And lastly, uh, going with that mentality, you, you guys aren't doing it. Screw it. I'll do it. I'll carry us. Anthony. I mean, I think it's I think it's one of three possible players: McKinnon, McDavid, or 
um, in my opinion, Leon Dreisaitl. Um The guy's amazing, but I'm I'm gonna go McDavid. Uh, I mean, I just the only way I don't see him winning it. And don't get me wrong, 100 points is is ridiculous. But if he just, <laughs> I can't believe I'm just I'm saying this, but if he just scores 100 points, and you know McKinnon maybe McKinnon maybe reaches 100 or or even the high 90s and that being with the Avalanche may win the President's Trophy. I could see it going to McKinnon instead, but I, I have a feeling McDavid's going to go off and score like 120 to 130 points. Um, and because of that point total, he's he's going to win it again. Um, so my pick is McDavid. Off to you, Mark. Uh, I want to say my pick from last year, but I can. It's going to be McDavid. The caveat is I will always – put my second pick to be Sebastian Ajo because one of these days I just have a feeling he's going to take off, but um, no, it's McDavid. It, McDavid is everything to the Edmonton Oilers and he's probably going to score. I'll, I'll say 130, 140 points this year. There's, there's no way he can't. If he scores that. 140 points, there's no way anyone else is winning the MVP. I'll, I will put money on that. He scores yeah. 140 points. He would be the first player to, to to break that mark since Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Yager in 1996. I mean, that's, that's 25 that's, years right there. I know that's unbelievable. And he had a hundred. He had 100 points in uh, 56 games last year. I mean, that's that's that was on pace for over 150. Yeah, and he's playing in a team that has uh, a rebuilding LA team, a rebuilding Anaheim team, an expansion team. I was playing in a division, I mean. Uh, so he's got Vegas that's in the Pacific. And, I mean, what are the tomato cans are there? Vancouver? So he might get 150. And then we're going to have to debate on who's more valuable to the team. And that never-ending debate on the most outstanding player. But fortunately, hockey's got that. To the team stuff, guys. Who are your division winners for the 2021-22 season. Anthony, I'm going to start with you. Well, we, we did our Metro one, so, I mean, I don't know if it's – but No, we did uh, the power rankings. No, we picked division winners. No, we picked the division winner for the Metro. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's – yeah, so, well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, ex- excluding the Metro, um, I think the Panthers are going to win the Atlantic. Um, the Pacific, I think Vegas is going to win. Um, and – the central, I mean, I, I Colorado. You, you gotta, yeah, you, you gotta go with Colorado. Uh, we're almost unanimous on this because, by the way, if you missed it last week, Anthony and Phil both said the Islanders are going to win the division, and I said the only team that isn't going to win the division, or sorry, that uh, the only team that can beat them for the division is the Carolina Hurricanes. That's it. I that's what I got. I don't, and, I don't even think that's the case. I I, I just I don't see. I'm not in love with their goaltending. I I, I, like, I just yeah. I I, I, I like their forward group better than the Islanders just because I think they have more top end talent. But I I think the Islanders might have a, a slightly deeper forward group. Islanders are winning the the Metro. I I, I don't have a doubt about that. And the, I'm with Anthony on this. Florida, I think, is winning that division. I think Florida I'm with is you on that too. And I also think Florida, if Matias Ekholm wouldn't have been uh, signed and extended by the uh, the Predators uh, yesterday, I, I think we would be looking at Florida and the Islanders in a in a 
dog in an arms race for his services at the deadline. I still think Florida is going to make a, a trade for a top four defenseman at the deadline. And I, I think they're going to get their guy. That's going to put them over Tampa uh, to win that division. I, I think that Colorado is absolutely winning the central and in the Pacific it's, it, it's Vegas. What competition does Vegas have to win that division outside of maybe Edmonton? So, Nope. They got nothing. And uh, we're all in agreement about the Florida Panthers as well. They're, they're going to be a hell of a team this year. So uh, they're, they're poised for a monster year. The only question is who their goalie is going to be. Is Bobrovsky going to find it again? Or is it going to be um, uh, uh, Spencer Knight taking the reins in only his second season? And even at that second season, it's kind of a light. He's a rookie. He I mean, can be rookie of the year too. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right about that. I, I I would say that Bobrovsky has to be a major bounce back candidate, bounce back player of the year candidate. Yeah, and, and then not only that, but you have you have Spencer Knight who looked amazing in the playoffs last yeah. year for them in waiting in the wings. So they had they have one of the better goaltending tandems in the entire league as well. By the way, that could be a dark horse MVP candidate in Alexander Barkov, considering that he gets nominated for the Selkie and also. Uh, just, he he could put the puck in the net. So could you imagine if he becomes the sixth player in NHL history to score ninety or more points and win a Selkie in the same season? That's gotta put him top three in MVP consideration. It would. It would in my mind. All right, boys, your president's trophy winner. I think we all might have the same one. So Phil, go ahead. Colorado, Anthony. Colorado. Colorado it is. Clean sweep. So, lastly, who will win the East and who will win the West and who will hoist the Stanley Cup? I'm going to go with mine first so that way Anthony can smile when he says his. Yeah, we kind of talked about this too, but yeah, go we ahead. We talked about this last week, but we're doing it for the league-wide preview. I have the Colorado Avalanche over the New York Islanders. In seven games, Filk. I have Tampa Bay over Colorado in six games. I think Tampa Bay is going to make two moves at the deadline. I think they're going to possibly bring in a defenseman, and if they don't bring in a defenseman, they're going to go get two forwards, and I would not be shocked if one of those forwards is Phil Kessel and what a fit he would be. That The salary – you imagine Arizona retaining on him, bringing him in to help fortify your offense, and then maybe another another checking type player on top of that. Tampa would be right back where they were, and I, I think they would take the East at that point. And I think Colorado, this is finally the year. I think Colorado might go out and get themselves a defenseman by the deadline too, if they're not, especially if they're not happy with Bowen Byram's progress. If Kemper's healthy, that's the difference. I was not a believer on Grubauer, and I was I wasn't a believer on whoever the other guy was. I forgot. Yeah, I Francois. Yeah, Pavel Francois. So, uh, no, no, absolutely not. Anthony, go ahead. Well, your lips to God's ears, uh, NYR Mike, but um, because I'm but because I'm a glutton for punishment and the reverse jinx, um, I'm gonna say that the Vegas Golden Knights defeat the Islanders in the Stanley Cup Finals, and I'm, I'm, I'm crushed uh, 
for the third year in a row. But um, the reason why I say Vegas is because they're a great team as is and, and probably in the top four cup contenders. But I think they're going to finally upgrade Chandler Stevenson, um, centering Pacioretty and Stone. I think they're going to get a legitimate center, whether they, they trade for Tomas Hurdle um, or, you know, uh, you know, woo woo. Claude Giroux is not talking contract extension with the Flyers until the until the summer. Maybe, maybe if the Flyers are out of it, they make the decision to move him. Um, but Ooh. I, I, uh, I, I just think they're going to do something to get deeper at center. Because let's face it, boys, you can't you can't win with Colin Stevenson as your number two or number one center, whichever you want to, whichever line you want. Yes, yeah, sorry, whichever line you want to think is number one, whether it's a Carlson line or that line, but. Um, he needs to be upgraded. He's more of a bottom six center. But if they do that, they have the rest of the tools to to win the cup. And um, I think they're ultimately going to do it. Short side note before we move on, but Colin Stevenson would actually be a good guest to get for us for Newsday for yes. Rangers. Yeah. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah, that would be a, that would be a really good guest to get. So hopefully, it'll be like last year, Anthony, when Yanni Gord scored and all the Islander fans chanted, "Fuck, fuck, fuck." <laughs> anyway, but what? Uh, <laughs> so, I was gonna go with damn it, but then I was like, ah, the hell with it. <laughs> all right. So, um, all right. So that's our Stanley Cup predictions, guys. Uh, what do you think? You, you just so a lot of people have been agreeing with us. There's gonna be things that are gonna happen during this season. We're gonna have some craziness. Can't wait to find out what it is. So. Whatever you think, are we off or is somebody going to win the cup? Put it all down in the comments below. All right. Um, we're going to do the bar talk, and I still didn't upload the new video. So I'm going to take a shot on this one. I'm going to say beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh, my God. Again, Phil, it's actually in the edits. It's not in the live stream, so it's all right. And I do – can I ask you this question, Anthony, before we get too far? Is Baba Ganesh right here, right here? Like, is their window closing or is it opening? I don't see why – because, I mean, if you look at – I could I, – I, I'm just posing that question, but if you look at it, Matt Barzell is still young. Anthony Bovillier is still young. Noah Dobson is very young. Ilya Sorokin's 25 years old. Um, and then guys like Brock Nelson, you know, the older veterans, like 28, 29, 30, they still have a lot of hockey left in them. Um, and then I, I didn't even, I forgot Oliver Wallstrom. Um, so is, yeah, they're an old team cause the ages like Chara bring them, bring them up in the age and Andy green. Um, but the positions that matter they're there's, they have a lot of, they have a lot of young pieces still. I mean, I, I didn't even mention Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock, you know, they're, they're young, so no. I mean, I don't think their their time is is running out. Um, and also, too, after after this season ends, when you when you uh, take off all the guys of con expiring contracts like Hickey, Komarov, um, Boychuk's gone, the RFA's the Green, it adds up to like twenty five million dollars in cap space, and they just have to re-sign Ryan Pollock and Cal Clutterbuck, which. I mean, he'll probably take a discount from his 3.35. That'll probably be like $2 million or so. So $25 million is a lot of cap space they have to throw around this offseason and then going forward. So, no, I, I don't I don't think their their window is, is closing. 
Yeah, I was going to say contracts might be that, but I think it all depends on Ilya Sorokin. So if you get that, but everybody, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where one of us forgot to silence their phone. Uh, I don't know whose it is. Mine is God. It's not me. I always keep my phone silent. That's kind of weird because I even silenced the computer to make sure that I can't. It's my phone silent, but it's my phone is synced up with my um, with my. Oh, okay. So there you go. All right. So anyway, um, we're 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 going to be gauging NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Do you feel confident and you got to buy everybody around? You just a little bit. You, know, you just like oh, just want a beer or you need a shot because no, absolutely not. So Filipino is poised for a breakout season. Mr. Fokowski. I'm going to I'm going to say beer. I, I lean a little towards shot here, but I'm going to say beer. I, I think it's more than possible. I think Quadzilla, as I, I like to call them now, because yeah. those quads are just massive. They're nuclear now. But I, I, I think that he's got a lot of potential. I, I think that he could be, at the very least, a very good middle six center, if not a good second line center. Now, here's the question. Who does he play with? Because line mates are important. It's not Vitaly Kratsov. It's not going to be Vitaly Kratsov, obviously. But who does he play with? What is his usage? Does he get any power play time? Does Gallant give the second unit any type of power play time? And if Ryan Strom starts to falter any bit, does he get to move up? So I, I just wonder how much of an opportunity he's going to get. Because he actually posted some good numbers last year despite not getting any power play time and playing third line minutes with two other players that were under the age of 21. So I, technically this one's really hard for me because I do think that with guys who could really win a lot of board battles and play better defense, I, I think that can allow him to do other things that will allow his offense to, to grow. But at the same time, it, it, it's usage. And I, I feel like he, he will be held back a little bit because of the way that Gallant will more than likely use him. So I'm going to say beer. Um, I'm going to go beer too. I want to buy everybody around. It depends how you want to define the words breakout, especially for a third line center. If he scores 20 goals, is that a breakout season? I think he might get 20. I, 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 I He looked so much the part in that last preseason game. Hopefully you get started tonight with a goal uh, versus the Washington Capitals, Anthony. Yes. Um, I I was gonna go shot because in our in our in our rundown it says Filipino has finally arrived, and I was sitting thinking to myself like, yeah, he had a really good preseason game, but I mean that's 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 ridiculous to insinuate he's gonna he's arrived <laughs> because of a good preseason game. So if that would have stood, I would have said shot, but this wording. Um, you know, I'm changing it to beer because uh, he could he could break out. He's he's a good skilled offensive player. There's no there's no doubt about that. He skates well. Um, but like as Phil mentioned, I think he's I think if he can get his game to where he he could play the second line role in center, that'd be better better suited for him because a third line center, um, I think he would need to really someone on his line that we can rely on to really be the responsible one. Um, and have good board play because that's the one area of his game where you know he still needs 
wants to work on. But regardless of what is where he's used, second, third line center, he does have the skill to to break out offensively and do like a you know like a, a twenty twenty season or a twenty twenty five season. Um, so for sure, uh, it's definitely a possibility. Uh, what were you missing, John? Something wasn't updating with it because this wasn't in. Yeah, well, you know, we'll talk about that later. Okay. It, I don't I don't something, something problem. Technical, yes. Yeah. The Islanders will regret cutting Eric Gustafson. Is there Larocco? Beer. Um, I mean, it's you know, let's not pretend that you know they just they just cut like Kale McCarr off the roster, but um, I mean he he would have been an offensive providing left-hand defense. I mean, Char and Andy Green behind Pellick aren't going to give you a lot of offense. So um, that regard, for sure. Uh, I think the one thing we're all in agreement on, Eric Gustafson really is not great in his own end. So that's why I'm not too broken up about it. But at the same time, I think he would have been good on the power play um, and, you know, had a better mobile, similar Nick Letty skating the puck out of trouble defenseman on the left side. Um, but, you know, ultimately, as Dave Pinot said, they could they couldn't make the money work. You know, the Islanders uh, right right now are, are squeezed for a cap um, and they couldn't get it done. So, you know, you know, Green, Chara, step up, you know, uh, Sebastian Ajo. I mean, he'll have, if he does get in the lineup, you know, he's a good skating defenseman. So he'll have to, you know, play his part. But, um, yeah, it would have been nice to have him. But, you know, it's not the end of the world. So. Um, that's why I'm going with a beer, but I wish him well in Chicago. And who knows, maybe he can get back to the level that he was once at. Phil? Shot. I, I don't see how they even feel his loss. Uh, listen, I, I, I get that you were looking to him to kind of come in and run the power play. I always thought that he wasn't good in his own end at any even strength that he might have been a problem for them. So I, I think if – especially if Robin Sallow comes in – Robin Sallow looks yeah. to at least be able to de- be a decent puck mover at even strength and be even average in his own zone. I, I really don't think they're going to have much of a problem with cutting Eric Gustafson. And, and really, like, what, let's just say he goes to Chicago, which he did, and he puts up, I don't know, 40, 50 points. Sure, it looks bad. It's a bad optic. But would he have done the same thing in the island? I, I would venture to probably say no. I think that Barry Trotz's system probably wouldn't have allowed him to play that way in even strength. And ultimately, I, I, I really don't think he's he's that much of a difference maker on the island. So I'm going to say shot. I'm going shot too. Uh, as much as I think the Islanders need a power play point man, and as much as they need a power play trigger man, I don't I don't think it's Gustafson. I think Gustafson has been okay. Uh, his only good season was when he was playing with Patrick Kane on that power play unit. Other than that, meh. So he's been to Calgary, he's been to Montreal, the Islanders, and now back to Chicago. So I, I, I'm not a believer unless you need to find somebody on the waiver wire in your fantasy league. But he is. He's uh he's playing on the second pair at Noah Dobson. Which yep. being a power play, Noah, Noah Dobson's going to get a lot of power play time. Um, and Mark, they do have the trigger man and, and Pollock. Pollock has one of the hardest shots in the league on the back end for a Yeah, but so why? I mean, I I thought he was going to develop into something great. And he's just been, I mean, he's good. Don't he get seems, me wrong. 
he, he's one of those guys who sometimes just does not get his shot on net enough for how powerful it is. Yeah, if he gets it on net yes. and there's some sort of screen, chances are it'll probably go in at that point. But that it's not nearly enough, and you need you need better from your trigger man, no matter how hard their shot actually is. So for me, yes. Ryan Pollock is not like your uh, your he's not your ideal trigger man. Do you like the fact that he shoots double digits? Yeah. But yeah. you don't like the fact that he just doesn't get it on net nearly enough. And he does he does have a bomb. It's just a you just wish I would get on that. Um a conversation that was brought up earlier by our Anthony Loraco when he was talking to Dave Paniota the fourth period. Nick Suzuki's extension should be comparable for Brady Kachuk. Vilk. Yeah, you know what? In a way, yes, I'm going to say beer here. And part of Nick Suzuki's figure is going to be because of the fact that Montreal bought out UFA years from him by giving him so many years. And that's why Suzuki got the higher figure that he got. Suzuki's success also carries over into the playoffs, which isn't fair for Brady Kachuk playing on a rebuilding team. Montreal wasn't seen. I, I I said Montreal could be a dark horse before the start of last season. I didn't think they could go all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals the way that they did. I thought that maybe you know what, maybe they could be a conference finalist, depending on you know the the run of luck that they got in their opponents. But at the same time, they had that run. So Nick Suzuki was really good in the playoffs, and look at what's happened. So that that's part of why he's gotten that. Um, for me, Brady Kachuk has scored at a slightly lesser pace in his two seasons. He's been about a 50-point pace in each of his two seasons so far. His so numbers between his first and his second seasons were pretty much identical. Which, I mean, if you're looking for a 50-point player going forward, yeah, this, the deal would not be ideal, but it is going to be a comparable. So... Uh, do I like it? No, but I understand that it's going to be. So I guess I'm going to have to say round here because it's going to oh, end up being comparable. Anthony. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go round. Um, you know, Nick Suzuki and, and Bray Kachuk in their season so far have put up similar points. Um, I didn't ex expect Suzuki to honestly get close because, you know, eight years, 63 million. So that's just shy of eight. I didn't expect him to get that much. Um, but he did. And, you know, Brady Kachuk has been a guy that's been asking for eight or, you know, even more in some cases. So um, it'll be interesting to see what he ultimately lands at. But I think it what might come into play here is Brady Kachuk wants a shorter term deal. So um, I don't know if if the senators are going to give him, you know, eight, nine million over three years. But I guess we'll have to see. Um, but when it comes down to it, it's it's it is going to be a comparable. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one, too. Uh I wanted to say no. I wanted to say shot completely, but it's going to be used as a comparable. I guess, you know what, should it be? Yeah, shot then. I'm going to go with that because it shouldn't be. One's a center, one's a wing. There you go. Centers make more money. That simple. And if you want to if if you want to make more money, start skating a little bit more. Uh that might not be as clear-cut as that. Do you know what I'm saying? Phil Kessel will be the first big trade of the season. 
I'm going to start. I'm going to start on this one. Uh, you know what? I'm buying again because the reason why I think Arizona is going to want to move him sooner, get him out, and uh, before there's any injury, and have a, a team that can use him and eat some of that that cap space. By the way, he finally comes off of Toronto's books. Uh, I think after this season. So mm-hmm. Anthony. Well, yeah, because he's a he's a free agent at the end of this year. So and any, it's still the contract. Toronto deal. Yeah, no, I understand that they're retaining, but the contract ends. So the, obviously, yeah. the the all the retention comes off for any team. But I'm going to say a shot here because I I even though Dave said before that he thinks that this could drag on, I I think that Dylan Strom will be dealt before him. I think Chicago has an excess of centers. I think they're going to want a piece for him. I just wonder if it's going to be a defender or if it's going to be a winger. So I, I think Dylan Strom will probably be the big, the first big trade of the season. Anthony, I'm going to go. I, I'm going to go beer because I, you know, prior to the news about Dylan Strom, I think it was definitely going to be Phil Kessel. Um, you know, the fourth period reported about a week or two ago that Phil Ke- the Arizona stated that Phil Kessel wasn't in their plans and that he could expect it to be traded this season. But it seems like Dylan, Dylan Strom's pending deals seems to be more imminent. So um, that's why I'm saying here. But Phil Kessel is definitely going to be traded. Um, his actual dollars versus cap hit, I think, makes him attractive to a lot of teams. Um, and I think that there's definitely going to be a contender um, who maybe struggles maybe right early out of the gate with scoring that makes a move uh, quickly to get him. Cause I think a lot of, I don't think he's going to go until the deadline. I think he's going to be traded within the first, you know, two months of the season maybe. So, um, and I think he could provide a lot, but I, I just think Dylan Strom is going to be traded first. So beer. The blue jackets are rushing Cole Sillinger. And you asked this question to our guest, Anthony. So go ahead, answer. You know, uh, Panyota said shot, but I, I mean, if you look at the Blue Jackets center depth, um, you kind of see why he made the team this year. You know, it's not after Max Domi, it's not very good. And he, he's always flipping between wing and center, too. Um, so I think they wanted a, a, you know, a true center. Um, he was just picked in the first round, highly regarded. You know, as we know, his dad was a very good player in this in this league, was a journeyman. But not journeyman in a bad way because people didn't want him. He was a solid. He was a solid player for a long time. Um, but Cole Sillinger, I think, is a little different than his dad. I, I think he's a little more skilled offensively, um, and I think he's going to have a really good career. My worry is just I, I didn't really expect him to make the team out of camp. And, you know, you look to it, a lot of players. Like, actually, Barrett Hayden is a perfect example. We were talking about him earlier with the Coyotes. He played after his draft year, and you could tell he wasn't ready. And I think sometimes you got to be real careful with that because you could you can – Sometimes, you know, harm a player's development by placing them in the league uh, when they're not ready. Um, but, you know, they have the option of sending them back to junior after nine games. So, you know, they're not committed to having them the whole year. Um, I just think you might need a little bit more time and they're kind of putting them in the lineup because they really need help at center ice. So um, I'm going to I'm going to go round. Uh, I respect my buddy Penyota a lot. He's one of the best, but um, I'm going to go round there. Philk. This one's tough because I, you don't, we haven't seen their camp. I mean, we've heard that he's looked good, but at the same time, their depth is just so bad at center. Like Anthony said, it's, there's obviously 
a bit of an element of them rushing him to the point where if they're considering this and he's actually going to start the season on their roster, that they're that they are rushing him. So I, I, I gotta, I gotta say round just because of the fact that if you're, if you've got this kid up because he's a natural center and there's nobody else on your roster aside from maybe Max Domi, that's, that can really fit that role. Then that's a big problem to me. Um, I don't know if that's in the best interests of Cole Sillinger. Maybe we all end up being wrong and maybe he, maybe he wins the Calder trophy for all we know. He comes out and he absolutely explodes. He ends up playing with Patrick Line, and Patrick Line has like a 40 goal season. Cole Sillinger wins the, uh, the Calder, but I, I just don't think this is a smart move as of this point. Maybe I'm wrong, but round uh i'm gonna say shot and the reason why i'm gonna go with this is because of his background when you have of your father that played in the league for about 20 years and 10 different teams and yes he he played on 10 different teams so there were plenty of teams that didn't want him but there was definitely 10 that did so it's he can at least teach him the ropes and at least keep his mental makeup right. Um, if it was, it was first generation, I would definitely agree with you guys buying everybody around. But if he does falter at all, pick up the phone. Hey, Dad, what's going on? Um, how do I deal with this? That's that's the advantage some of these kids have. Like a Kiefer Bellows, still with the New York Islanders right now, and Big still trying to make the roster instead of. I don't know. It's not accepting a demotion. So <laughs> kind of a little bit of a dig at someone else right now with Barkov and Zabanajad extended. Tomas hurdle is the best free agent center of 2022. I'm starting this one and you guys are drinking because uh, he definitely is. I can't think of another guy, anybody, um, a definite free agent next year. It's definitely going to be Tomas hurdle. So, uh, Anthony. So you changed this on me a little bit. Originally, I just posed best free agent, period, not as, you know, regardless of position. Um, so that changes things a little bit because originally Philip Forsberg is set to be a UFA, and I personally think Philip Forsberg is the, is the prize. Um, All right, I could change of, it to the forward if you want. Of, yeah, of it, well, of the offseason, I think Forsberg is um, very underrated in Nashville. I think the guy – I think the guy's shot is ridiculous – and he's got to see him next week. Yep. Um, but I mean, Hurdle, Forsberg, uh, I mean, count older guys like Bergeron who probably just re signed with the teams. Then, you know, you have to throw them into the mix, but uh, that seems like a formality. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Hurdle and, and Forsberg, um, you know, Giroud to an extent, but he might be in the same boat as, as Bergeron, maybe less so being that he already stayed there, not talking extension. So who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I can't think of anybody unless you can, you guys can, I can't think of anybody better than hurdle and Forsberg in this year's free agent class. So, I mean, round, I suppose I know it was switched a little bit, but um, in, in this exact one, best center. Yeah. It's definitely a hurdle. Uh, I mean, do we consider Claude Giroux a center? Do we consider him a winger at this point? Because he's primarily that's a great question. Player. He's played more yeah. wing, but he still takes faceoffs. Well, Couturier takes a lot of faceoffs too. 
Yeah. So, um, which says which says something because Claude Giroux was a very good faceoff man, and how better uh, I'm going to have to consider Claude Giroux wing because that line for the last like two or three seasons since 2018 that line has been Couturier, Giroux, and Voracek. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going to consider Claude Giroux a winger. Um, I'm with Anthony on Bergeron. I, I don't think he makes it there, and I, I think even if he does. He's resigning there, and it's more like a formality than anything because I can't mm-hmm. see him going anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say round here and say Hurdle's the best. I don't understand. I don't know if you would have said forward, I would have gone with Forsberg, but yes. center definitely Hurdle. All right, and one last one. If any of you guys watched some of the games last night, ESPN made a triumphant return to broadcasting hockey. Philk. I'm buying everybody around there. I, I thought their their presentation was great. I think the only problem they had really was in the Seattle Vegas game with the uh, microphones early yeah. on in the game. Something well, that it was, like like it was echoing. Um, uh, I know other people on Twitter I saw uh, that I followed were asking the same question, and they thought it was just their TV. Nope, that was ESPN. But I mean, Butchie and AJ and Bush were all great together. Um, they were fantastic. They yeah. were they were fantastic together. Those three. Um, Butchie's energy is unparalleled, really, at this point. I, I say, in terms of uh, the uh, in terms of the active play by play guys. I mean, it was great to have Steve Levy with Mess Shelley uh, and and the mullet himself, Barry Melrose. I thought that was awesome. That <laughs> brought back so many good memories of my childhood with uh, Levy and Melrose and then bringing on Mess and Shelly. That was, that was great. Um, and then just the, 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 the first crew, it was really cool to have chicken parm back. I love Ray Ferraro. I loved Ferraro on TSN with his world junior and, and, and NHL coverage in TSN. Sean McDonough, I didn't think did a bad job, um, but you know, that, that crew will learn to gel together and their presentation and everything. And the fact that they had, uh, they had Brandon Marino from the UFC uh, at, the, at the Vegas game, you know, uh, doing the wheel and signing everybody up and <laughs> uh, firing everybody up and doing the, the, the pregame ritual and stuff like that. I mean, ESPN is already getting the game out to more people than NBC did in 10 years. And NBC, ESPN's had it back for what? How long so far? Yeah, and and NBC made it basically the center of their sports coverage, but they didn't mention it as much on Sunday Night Football and stuff like that. Like, really? No. Uh, How are are they not doing that? Yeah, you you figured they would, but they they never did, which was just amazing. And then just the video with the theme song. Oh, please. You you just, you, you, you hit me right in the feels with it. Well, uh, I'm I'm buying everybody around on this, and I got to tell you, this is sort of reminiscent of the '90s when Fox came in and they had an opportunity to change things around. Uh, I'm just gonna pull Anthony out for a minute, and when he gets back in, he'll just come back in. But um, where Fox had a chance to inject some more energy, and ESPN still did their thing. Hopefully, that's exactly what we're gonna be seeing, guys, because I. AJ Molesco did a great job. Uh, AJ's great. I mean, she she's, really she's is. She's fantastic. Uh, there's, they're going to be bringing in a lot of hockey personalities, but ESPN is probably going to be the more straight-laced one. 
And there he is. There's the man himself. And uh, then it's going to have uh, TNT. Hopefully TNT is, is the one that's just weird stuff and funny, funny things. So there you go. Anthony. Uh, sorry, I take a call um, around. Um, you are allowed to take calls. It's okay. ESPN uh, did a great job. I thought Butcher Gross was great. Um, I, I liked Ray Ferraro. Uh, I liked the presentation and then the music. I mean, how can you not love the music? The music just gave you chills. Think about when you were a kid. Um, it was awesome. And you know, it's it's, a, it's already paying. It's already paying dividends. I mean, you see, I didn't see it because I was away and I didn't watch the game, but I saw that Crosby was on um, halftime on, on Monday Night Football. Um, oh, all right. That, that yeah. would have that would have never happened if the NHL wasn't on ESPN. And and also too. Uh, Gary Bettman was on Good Morning America, like cha- Channel Seven, a couple of days ago. And you know, obviously, you know, because ABC is the parent companies of of ESPN mm-hmm. and Disney. So, yeah, they're going to get all this, all this, you know, good exposure from being back on ESPN, which we discussed a while back about being great for hockey. Um, but yeah, I thought ESPN did a great job, and I'm I'm really curious to see TNT tonight. And um, I don't know if you guys saw Charles Barkley is going to be on tonight. TNT. Yes. On the brief, yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be funny. It's gonna be entertaining. So I'm I'm really excited about it. All right, because again, the one thing I said when they announced this was get Barkley on there, because yeah, he's he's just and and him and Shaquille O'Neal will just go in and be a big kid. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. so good. Yeah, but um, and and then the NHL has gotten a lot of positive press this week on ESPN as yeah. you know the NFL and one of their former analysts has got some negative press this week so that's a different story right there yeah let's um, get into that no we're not that's what I'm not yeah. it's just saying everything's hunky dory with the NHL right now right Saturday now night, Rich Saturday night not not, <laughs> not tonight Saturday night AEW Dynamite everybody that's right. So, all right, guys, what are your thoughts on the NHL going back to ESPN? And are you like Filk th- singing along to the theme song right now? Dun 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 dun. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, I, what do you think about Philip Hedo? Is he finally going to be breaking out this year? Are the Islanders going to regret regret getting rid of Eric Gustafson? Put it all down in the comments below. And because we actually thought we were going to be running a little bit longer than what we did, we wanted to make sure we had plenty of time for Q&A because especially with the Ranger game coming on and being the season opener, I was looking to get out of here in about uh, 6.15. But you know what? We got half an hour for Q&A, guys. So let's go. All right. Let's take and some yeah. away. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll start off by something that I've been watching. Um, and, and Mike, yeah, I saw that, so uh, we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. But um, yes, Darren Dreger had just tweeted probably about I would say forty minutes ago or so that um, there is good interest in Vitaly Krasov. I'm told he's willing to play in the NHL with another NHL club and consider a one year agreement around his qualifying offer for next season. However. The Rangers are expecting the potential of top six talent in return via trade. Uh, I, can, let me just—that's why something. I think Dylan Strome might end up being an option. So, 
so I know um, Peña Rubuniex, if there's any chance of like a reconciliation, when the 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 fact that he refused to report to Hartford because he wanted to play in the AHL, but the fact that he's willing to play for another NHL, another NHL team's AHL affiliate tells you that he's pretty much done with the Rangers. Yeah, he's um, pissed. Yeah, someone yeah. someone did yeah. something behind the scenes and he's yeah. pissed. Yeah. Um, but the the Rangers would have to loan would have to loan him to another AHL team, and there's precedent. The, the, during the whole Hosang saga, the Islanders loaned Hosang to. Um, I'm trying to remember what AHL team it was. Um, doesn't matter. Oh, the the maybe it was the Blues affiliate. Piora they had loaned him there, so you you can loan a guy to another AHL team. It just doesn't happen very often. Um, but I, I don't I don't see why the Rangers would do that. I mean, it seems like the Rangers are gonna are either gonna let him, are gonna let him sit until he's traded. So I, I don't know if they'd be if they would accommodate that for him. But um, yeah, that's that's to me that speaks volumes that he's willing to play for another AHL team aside from the Rangers, which is you know he, he's done. He's been he's been jerked around. This organization is obviously just doesn't know how to handle their prospects and he's done with their shit. And I don't blame him at this point. Is it, is it a good look on him to, to go back and, and and take his ball and go home? No, but when they're playing games the way that they have, and they've done it with several prospects at this point, then (laughs) I I can't, I can't blame the players anymore. I I, I can't, at at some point this has to fall on the organization and to me it's now you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta start to figure out what's going on behind the scenes something is not right and the organization is to blame as well and honestly they're more to blame than the player at this point they are like rich i i I get i get your sentiments but you have to understand that um, it does well to you. It seems like he's being a baby or, or sulking about it. You have to think of like where. So again, he he's a Russian player. A lot of these guys, you know, to them it doesn't make sense to go play in the AHL where you know where they're making peanuts. They don't speak the language. They're riding but The AHL is not a glamorous life. You know, you 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 ride buses to a lot of your games. In some cases, they play three games in a row. Um, it's just it's for for a guy like him. It's I could see why he wouldn't want any part of it. And then when you on top of that, when you add on the fact that he made it seem like he was going to make the team, I can understand why I can understand why he's upset. So um, that's why I, I don't I don't blame Krasov. I, I don't think he's he's being a baby or anything like that. I think he's tired of the organization's crap, for better word. And he's not um, and he's he's done with it. So I, I know it sucks because you know you invested in him, you picked him in the first round, but I, I don't I don't put this on I don't put this on Krasov, especially if he was if he was told or led to believe he had a roster spot after the Buchnevich trade. Leave so, the dad jokes to sh- uh, to Mark Sean, please leave the dad jokes to Mark. So there you go. Um, but, but that's the problem, though. Like you you turn around and you tell this kid one thing, then another thing happens. And then you do it to him again. And he was good enough two years ago in the preseason to make the team. But Quinn said no because we want more toughness. And what did that toughness do? 
it was Michael Haley, Brendan Smith on your fourth line. And that line was an absolute unmitigated disaster. They were terrible. And the team got better when that fourth line was improved by Phil DiGiuseppe. Yikes. Yeah. So, uh, it, you know, it, it's, it, you say it's not a matter of being a baby and being professional. How about we start shifting a little bit of a blame to the organization and, and it hold them accountable for not being professional and hold I, them accountable for botching things and hold them accountable for making the wrong decisions and handling their players the wrong way. You know, you're supposed to put your assets in positions to succeed. If you're not going to do that, then how are you going to grow as an organization? And this organization has not done that. They've not done a good job of that. And it's time for people to start realizing this. Uh, I think there's a lot of blame to go around everywhere. Uh, Kratzoff, sorry, sorry, you didn't make the team right away. But on the other hand, I do, I do agree with you on this. He was basically promised a roster spot. They told him not to bother with rookie camp or prospect camp. Thank you. And yeah, that sends a message. I mean, as far as I went, I went, I didn't even think about it. I, of, it wasn't until Sunday when, uh, when granny mentioned it and I'm going, no, you know what? He's going to make the team because it's not contractually in their best interest to just dump them. Okay. Well, apparently it so, is. Here, here's it. Rich. So if he's not as good as you all, as everyone has thought, Which then is why are they telling him that he doesn't have to go to rookie camp then? Can yeah. you answer that question with, can you answer that question in good faith? Well, here's the problem. We don't know. If they thought that right away and then he got the camp and he wasn't exactly. Okay. So the that, that's on them for not doing their due diligence and telling him that beforehand. Yeah. So oh, that they, I agree they, with. They screwed and, up either way. And that, that this comment right here, you can also tie back to the pick itself. Again, they, they kind of went off the board with him. You know, they, they could have had Wallstrom. They could have had Noah Dobson. They could have had Joel Farabee. Who, Joel Farabee has been great with Philly. Yep. Um, so if, if it was a matter of, I, I just think it is so many things that could be tied into this, uh, you know, the draft okay. status. Overall, well, then if you don't know what's happening there, then why are you calling him a baby? Why are you calling him a little twat as you called him? That doesn't make any sense. You can't call him that if you're going to admit to that. That's a contradiction. Well, I didn't know if he was saying that Kratzoff just sounds like it's actually something. Yeah, in there, no, but you can't say that, though. You cannot say that. Okay. You, you can't say that his head is wrong if you don't know what's going on. Because you don't have an idea. You're telling me. Well, that that's why the dust has to settle on this, Phil. We're going to find out sooner or later. We're going to find you- out. What are you going to find out? You're not going to find out. He's going to talk to another press. Nobody's going to find out anything about that. But please, we've had. If this was Lou Lamarillo, we would never hear anything from this from this kid or the situation ever again. The Rangers have been leaking more than the Titanic. That is so, true. Lou Lamarillo would have handled it the right damn way, and nobody would question Lou Lamarillo. Not even just because of the horse head jokes, but because <laughs> of the fact that Lou Lamorello knows what he. Okay, so speculation. So everything you're saying is speculation, correct? Well, that's what he's saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, speculation. So then stop speculating on something that you really don't have an idea of. Then. Well, that's actually what fact. he's tuning in for to say. I know for a fact that Ooh. that they told Ooh. him not to go to rookie camp because that was reported. Yeah, and that's why that there's actually a what was reported. 
This was what was reported. So how everything that I'm going on is not speculation. These are facts. Leas Anderson, what happened to him is the same thing. That's a fact. We've already again, seen it's, this. it's drawing in. It, we're trying to fill in the blanks on this, and that's what the hardest part is. There's a lot of blanks. Because again, again, I'll, I'll I go back I to the, the freshest eyes is Gerard Gallant's. Gerard Gallant didn't sit there and go, "We get, we need this kid on the team." Mark, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if there's a lot of facts that would be filled in. I, I think it's, I think it's as simple as, as for whatever reason, the front office didn't want to lose Lebor Hayek or Dryden Hunt on waivers. It just, I think that's if what that it was the case. Uh, Lebor Hayek, oh my god, oh, it's, 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 it's obvious, it's obvious, and you know, it's not, it's not unreasonable. Teams, teams don't like to lose assets for nothing okay. if, you were, if you were a general manager you wouldn't want to do it either i'm not i'm not listen it's I'm not saying... that's a problem and it's Libor hayek and Libor yeah. hayek has been with this organization for one two three this will be Libor hayek's fourth year in the in the organization no i Libor hayek has not shown you if anything worth a damn nope. to the point where you should be prioritizing losing him to waivers over your top 10 pick, who actually shows some sort of sign of potential. I, That's I, just I, ask backwards ask, asset management. I, 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 I totally agree with you. I'm just saying I think that's teams don't like to lose assets for nothing, regardless of what we think of them. They didn't want to, they didn't want to expose any of them to waivers. I mean, look. Look! Look at the ridiculousness of, of what of what Big Lou went through just to avoid sending Kiefer Bellows on waivers. The, the guy didn't register his contract until after rosters were due. Yeah, I mean, that right there. If the kid has character issues, it's still on the organization to figure that out in the scouting process, which again falls on the organization. So if you're going to turn around and say, "Oh well, Kravtsov was a mistake," then blame blame the team. Then finally start shifting blame toward the team. And not only that, but if something happened between the time that they told him that he didn't have to go to rookie camp, and now, then again, I will refer back to the point that I made right before that. You should have never told him that he didn't have to go to rookie camp with a new head coach. Yeah. Now, part of it is, and we had this, I had this conversation earlier. That yeah, but part of it also is Kratzov's not being a team player. He didn't make it right away. I just don't understand why he was why he's not on the NHL roster. We're carrying eight defensemen. I know why they're carrying eight defensemen because Jared Tenorti is about as good as a cone, and I, I, it, then Libor Hayek is the next man up. Really? But again, look at what you're saying. They're carrying eight defensemen. <laughs> I listen. I under you had to know, and everybody had to know that. Jared Tenorti, Ryan Reeves, Sammy Blay, Barkley Goodrow, and a lot of the guys that they brought in for the muscle and the grit were going to be playing opening night against the Capitals because of the whole Tom Wilson thing. That's fine. That is completely understandable. But what does Libor Hayek give you there? And why was he not sent down? That's what I want to know. Because By the way, I got to stop. I got to stop and say one thing real quick, guys. We have our first momentous moment. We have a super chat. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank donating. You, and uh, thank one of the you, reasons why we, we do this that. is for thank you guys. Thank you very much. Anthony. I mean, Phil, to answer your question, it's, pre- it's pretty simple. They didn't want to They didn't want to risk exposing Hayek on waivers. And it's just, 
Again, bad asset management. Yeah, it is, it is bad asset management because now you kept the player who probably would have cleared, and now you lost a, a top 10 prospect. Merch, um, yes. <laughs> that, that more merch will be coming at some point. So. And I wouldn't and I wouldn't call him a bust. I mean, that I mean, is Philip Zadina a bust from that same draft class? He he hasn't he hasn't Zadina hasn't had much success yet either, but all these kids are still young. So I, I think it's still too, a little too early to call him a bust. Um, if you want to call anybody a bust, maybe Nolan Patrick or, or Cody Glass. I mean, they haven't really developed. But I wouldn't say Krasov. Nolan Patrick's actually had a couple of decent seasons at the NHL level. Nolan Patrick needed a change of scenery. And you know what? Yeah, and, and thank you. I appreciate that you love my fa- my, my passion. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it how I see it. So you, you, you can't say things like Krasov is a bust. There's there, there's nothing oh, to yeah, it's, a, that it's, it's passion passion goes two ways too, so that's what conversations are. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? And I'm not going to disrespect anybody, but I, I am going to call it out how I see it. So if, if you're telling me that Vitaly Kraftsov is a bust, I'm going to tell you that you're objectively wrong because of the fact that we don't have a basis for that yet. There's no baseline yet. You want to come back in three years and Vitaly Kraftsov's in the KHL? Yeah, then Vitaly Kraftsov's a bust at that point. Fine, no problem. But at this point. Jury's still out. And again, it, it can't be just, just oh well. Okay, here we go. This is say they're not wanting to admit uh, that Gorton blew the McDonald trade. It doesn't matter what the trade is because the key part of that trade is Nils Lundqvist. That's what matters. Weaver Hayek was supposed to be part of the solution. He's not. Brett Howden was supposed to be part of the solution. He's not. And, and Vlad Nemestikov was supposed to have any value. He didn't. He had a second round pick. So all that stuff doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the development of Nils Lundqvist. That's the only thing that matters about that trade. And yeah, and you know what? The trade's already in L. You want to know why? Because you traded away JT Miller. And yes, JT Miller himself said that he that it took him the trade to Vancouver to really realize that he needed to wake up and, and take things a little more seriously. Fine. But you traded Miller away from Nemestikov. You missed on Howden. You missed on Hayek. The trade's already an L, and Tampa Bay got the best player out of it and won two cups partially because of that trade. But just take the loss, move on from that, admit that you made a mistake, and try to get what you can get out of Nils Lundqvist. If if your trade, looking like anywhere okay, hinges on the development of a prospect that you got out of a first-round pick, then you know you've already lost the trade. So... I, I I just I can't I can't say that I can't say that even if Nils Lundqvist develops that it's a win. If 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 no. he develops and he develops into the key contributor that we all think that he can be, at that point, it's only a little bit of a loss as opposed to a complete disaster. It's it's a question of. You don't know what it's going to be when you initially make the trade. And then when it happens, can you develop that player? And that's on two things. It's on the organization and the player. The player needs to buy into what the organization wants them to do. And it, it's whether or not the player can live up to that expectation. Yeah, and 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 this is this is a funny one. Would we rather leave Anderson and Kravtsov pans out in hopes to get to the front office fine? No, no. You know what? Honestly, at this point, I I don't even know what to say there, because either way, it's a lose. 
I, you know, I don't want the organization to, to, I don't want it to be like, okay, you know, you screwed up and, and the Ranger fans saving sanity. I want what's best for my team. And I don't think the organization knows what's best for the team right now, or, or they think that they have an idea and they're completely off the mark on it. Uh, I'm going to change around your wording on this just a little bit. Not that I would hope that they're busts. I would hope that the talent evaluators are right. Because if the talent evaluators aren't evaluating the talent properly. That's a bigger problem. That's a much bigger problem. And here's a, here's a question for you. Who's the last guy that left the New York Rangers and you went, oh, God, that was a mistake. J.T. Like, Miller. All right. Yeah, but J.T. Miller still took some time. I mean, even with J.T. Miller, I went, eh. Um, His first year in Vancouver, so it really only took like two years. Yeah, but it took two years after being in Tampa Bay for a few more years. I mean, all right, so fine, JT Miller. But, I mean, I wasn't really that big on Kevin Hayes. Um, and Johnny brings up a good point here. This is it. You don't agree with the demotion or, or you know, agree with him not taking the demotion, but he definitely has a right to be upset. He's right to be upset, but the thing is, is he – did he go, hey – I'm not on the team. I want to be traded. Or did he take some time to consider that? And his path up the ladder might be blocked. That's something that people have to consider. Whether maybe that's, you're maybe a, that's part of it. Whether you're a New York Yankees shortstop for but okay, but but if, if, but, if, but if that's the case, why are you trading away Pavel Buchnevich for Sammy Blay and a second-round pick in in the in the with the expectation that Vitaly Kravtsov is going to come up and be a core contributor for you going forward, only to have Vitaly Kravtsov somehow not make the team when you need offense. I, yeah. I get Chris Kreider's moved over, but why is Chris Kreider, who's going to be traded in probably about three years, a, a priority over a guy who's supposed to be a big part of your future? It's a good question to ask because if Kravtsov. Maybe if Kratzoff didn't have to play with Brett fucking Howden last year and could have showed off what he did, because the only highlight we have of him is his we got his disallowed goal. We have the goal that he scored for his first NHL goal. I think there was an I think there was one more, but then there was the one in Boston at the very end of the year. So uh and the one in Boston looked like he sniped it. So, I'm with Rich on this. And because I agree with you 100%. Yeah, there's no way that you're going to try to pull wool over my eyes and tell me that Dryden Hunt and Julian Gauthier outplayed Vitaly Kravtsov handily to the point where Vitaly Kravtsov had to be sent down. I, I, I just, I, I'm sorry, but it, it, there's no way in hell you're ever going to get that one over on me. And Johnny, I agree with you on this. No player should ever quit on his teammates. Well, yeah, not exactly his teammates yet. But yeah, so. th that's the thing. They're not his teammates. And 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 he's not quitting on them. He's not. Because he he's quitting not on the organization. <laughs> but then again, stuff like this happens, and a guy reconsiders, comes back. Like if the Rangers get an injury tomorrow, awesome. let's say they get an injury. Let's say it's um let's say Ryan Reeves breaks his hand, uh, breaking Tom Wilson's face today, as we all hope. But then in that case, he goes to IR. Kratzov's on the on that team, so 
That, 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 I just, I, something doesn't seem right. Like there's, there had to be something. I, I said this when they sent him down and he, he, they, the whole thing came out a few days ago about him requesting the trade. Something is happening behind the scenes that we don't know about. I don't know what it is. And I said this during the whole Dolan, during the whole Dolan and the regime changing, something is still happening behind the scenes. It, it, it's something's not right. Something is um, not right with all this. And and again, the guy that we all thought was going to make the team was Morgan Barron. So he didn't. But then again, he already played in Hartford. He's going to go back down there. Morgan Barron played Hartford. very well in Hartford. Yeah. I mean. Oh, thanks, Johnny. Yeah. And thank by the you, way, Johnny. good luck. Good luck on your back surgery that's coming up. Yeah. Good luck on that, man. Yeah. Please let us know how it goes if you if you have the ability to do so at some point. There was talk about them shopping Kratz off this entire offseason. Um, I don't think there was talk about that. I, I, I think it, it, he did change agents. He went to Darren Milstein. So he has a new agent. So the, the words that I think that I remember um, Chris Johnston or, or was it maybe Pierre LeBron? I'm not sure who said it. But I think it was Johnston. Yeah, I'm with you there, Shannon. There's something, something's not right with all this. I'm going to continue to say it because something just does not make sense. That dog Uh, won't hunt, Monsignor. Yeah, but um, he changed agents. And whether it was in in anticipation of this or not, to me, that's a sign. Something's got to be up behind the scenes. If he's changing agents in anticipation of this, then what does that tell you about what's going on back there? Yeah. And I mean, it shouldn't always be that difficult to like. I, I Part of me also believes this kid also thinks he was entitled to a spot. But if the Rangers told him that, then that's where it comes in. No, no, that's not. I think it's more Eddie. I think he was Eddie. more on uh, his town level. No, he wasn't always in the Eichel rumors. The Eichel rumors and and the price that was actually asked of by Buffalo um, included Heedle, first round pick, and one of uh, one of uh, Nils Lundqvist or Braden Schneider. It, it was not that he was. It's not that he was always a part of them. I don't remember his name swirling around, maybe by fans, but. All right, but let's put this in in terms of Kratzoff has a two-way deal. Hayek probably does not, or he's out of options. I mean, if they use a baseball term. So, but again, I, I, the look on your face says it all. We're, we're going to lose Vitaly Kratzoff for for Libor Hayek? Again, that's why I said the, the 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 asset management there is just piss poor. Piss poor. Sean, thank you. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. But um it, it's piss poor. You, you you're prioritizing a defender who's never really going to stick in the NHL, at least from the looks of it right now. So, yes, he's young, but he shows you no sign of being anything worth it. And, and if he sticks in the NHL, it's probably as like a sixth 
maybe a fifth defenseman if he's lucky. And yes, Johnny. I'll have my mother say prayer. Yes, definitely in our thoughts, man. Um, but where, how are you prioritizing a player like Hayek over a player like Kravtsov who actually has good draft pedigree and has actually shown you signs of being something good? Oh, never mind that. I mean, uh, now granted, by the way, you trade Kra- Let's say it's it's sort of like a where do we go from here? And you trade Kratz off, move him for say Dylan Strom. <laughs> I don't know if there's. I love this comment because it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and yeah, Rich is right. Gallant Gallant had to have input, but. Yeah, I, I don't and know if I. And again, if you had the fresh pair of eyes, let me let, let me just say this as a positive thing. And I, again, I am fishing completely on this. I don't think my eyes bulging out of my head could have said it more. Hi, let's say hypothetically, he looks at Dryden Hunt and sees another Riley Smith, and he wants to keep him on the team. That could be possibly it, or again. Kratzoff impressed but didn't wow and other guys wowed. It's it could be that simple too. Um, now but the problem is um this comment right here. I I, I want to get to Johnny's right after just because yeah but this is this this is it. There's no there's no spot here going forward for him. So why are you prioritizing him? Uh, Johnny, for you, first, uh, you click on where you make the comment. There's a, a dollar sign that's right below that. Or I think you could hit thanks um, on the bottom of uh, the video. So we'll see about that. Uh, well, you know what? Let's go back. Oh, we're going to go back to this. I've said this yesterday in all of our group chats, including one with Statboy Steven. The only way to me that Hayek should be on this roster as if somehow he becomes Selma Hayek. Get him fuck out of here. He's not going to be anything more than a sixth defenseman. Possibly at best. Thank you, Petey. Thank you, Petey. Much appreciated. It's, it's just, it's that simple. What are you doing? If they're, if you're risking this and I'm, and I'm, this is from, there's plenty of blame to go around in this situation as we keep talking about. But okay. it's just, I'll, I'll go. To, I'll go to Bobby Ganusha's point here. Okay, even if Dryden Hunt looked good in training camp, which I'm not saying he looked bad, I, I don't think he looked great. He wasn't an eye opener. He wasn't. He wasn't. He didn't look bad, but he's still a fringe NHL player. Why are you prioritizing that over the development of a top ten pick? Why? There, give me a reason why that you would prioritize somebody who has zero or next to zero chance of being a key contributor to this team's future over a player that has a somewhat significant chance. Let me go further into that. You got a guy who's already been traded from one organization to another. Oddly enough, by the way, Hayek was traded to, um, so, so, oh, hold, hold on. He answered. Hold on. So I got a follow up question to that. 
So because he's a better bottom six player than your top prospect, which objectively you can't really say that. Otherwise, you're going on an age-old stereotype that really doesn't apply anymore in today's NHL, if, if that's why you're saying that. Yeah. So if that's your logic, you want to risk the development of an asset that could be something good for you for a third liner? I can't. I can't. I, can't. I mean, it, I can't. again. So right, I then you get. So never mind that, because again, let's be honest. The 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 ceiling on Kratzoff is top six winger. So but we already know the ceiling on Hayek. Hayek has already been through the Arizona organization, Tampa organization. He's been through the Rangers Hayek organization. Yeah, because he was traded for D'Angelo. No, Hayek was a Tampa draft pick. Oh, my, my bet. Well, he, he was he was traded for Tony D'Angelo. I do know that. Um, Wait, anyway, but all right, we're gonna we're gonna try to figure that one out. He's not gonna be on the team anymore soon, anyway. But it's so you got a guy that's been through three to four, uh, whatever, how many organizations, and he still can't crack the NHL lineup. Doesn't know what he's doing. So. Uh, by the way, everybody, what's your predictions on opening night tonight? Are the Rangers going to win tonight? Keep it close and lose? Get the doors blown off? Or are they going to be the ones that blow Is Ovechkin playing? That is a great question, and I don't think he is. But that also might help him. If Ovechkin's not playing, because we know Backstrom's just got – he went on long-term injury reserve. So he he's he's not playing. So, I, I mean, if the Rangers are smart, they jump all over Washington and they they, they only get uh, – yeah, and, and Petey's right. You're mixing up D'Angelo and, and – which was traded for Anderson and step out. And um, you know, so well, we're going to find that one out in a minute, by the way, Weber Hayek, a career three goals, seven assists over the last three seasons. Yeah. But, but, but here, here's the issue. You're not wasting them on the third line because the third line isn't your prototypical dinosaur age. Check, check, check. No offense type of third line anymore. That's gone. That mentality has gone Tomas. Gone, it's gone, Bobby Ganoush. There, there's no that that age old antiquated thing about your your Detroit's grind line being your typical third line anymore. It's not like that anymore. It's not. There are skilled players on third lines. Look at Tampa Bay. Coleman's not a straight up checker. The only straight up checker on that line was Goudreau. Coleman was a skilled player that could score and added some grit on top of that. Yanni Gord was a skilled player. Buffalo in 2006-2007 put skilled players on their third line. And they made it it to, what, a conference final? I mean, it just – the whole stereotype about the the checking lines is just – it's off, it's wrong, it's, it's outdated, it's obsolete. June 25th, 2016, Tampa Bay trades 
Anthony D'Angelo to the Arizona Coyotes for a second round draft pick in 2016. Weaver Hayek. My bad. So it was a draft pick that was what it was. Yeah, so t- Tampa Tampa made the draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Again, again, it's just no, no, it's just Tomas, and, and you know what, Tomas, if, if that's your opinion, that's fine. I'm I'm not gonna that's fine. I disagree. Oh, we're not hating. We're, we'll never hate you. We'll never hate you for that. Yeah. That's fine. But you can't tell me that those guys handily outplayed him to the point where he should be sent down. Because there's nothing to show that. And and, and if you want to say that there's nothing to show my point, fine. Fine. We, we're at an impasse, and that's fine with me. We're going to start seeing the results as early as tonight. Well, by the way, everybody, it's 619 right now. Um, we're going to take one more question and uh, wrap this up because I got to get at least maybe one of the videos on before 730 and before yeah. I get out. So hopefully I could I could do that. If not, everything, including our conversation with Dave Panyota, will be tomorrow morning. Hopefully. So, Oh, thanks, uh, Shannon. Thank you very much. Shannon's already been supporting me way too much. But then again, that's what the vodka's for. Heedle scores two. Uh, I'm on board with that, Shannon. I hope you're right. There you go. Okay, who scores the first goal? Wow. Uh, by the way, music. By the way, I haven't seen you in a bit. Now, wasn't it like three years in a row where the Rangers scored on the first shot of the season? Two thousand seven, eight, seven, and eight. And I think uh, I think it happened on nine too. Like two of them were Michael Yager. Yager did it. Um, Yager did it, I think, two years in a row. I think seven and eight Yager both did it. And I was there at both those games. Now, I could I could care less who actually does it. This is the guy that I want to score that goal. Yeah. Let's Taco, go on that. I Taco think we can all agree on that. scores the first goal under this new regime, we're not talking about Vitaly Kratzoff anymore and possibly never again. Because this guy, he's got unlimited unlimited potential. Uh, by the way, the Pierre Turgeon comment is Anthony probably putting that in because that that's <laughs> Anthony. That that's what he does. He'll, he'll yeah. randomly put Pierre Turgeon from time to time. And Everest, no, Drury's not gone. Drury's no, it'll, it'll take more than that. Anymore. It'll it'll take much more. And I think it would have to be an epic epic failure and. That no. would be news. Yeah, that that would be funny. But um, this was the comment I was trying to click on, and then Dave came up, and I just want to give you a disappointed face right now. <laughs> Rich, thank you, by Rich. The way, thank you very Appreciate much. Appreciate it. And uh, as I said before, we have other projects that are going to be in development, other channels that are going to be coming uh, from us, all under the media company that we're starting. And uh, yes, I keep announcing it because and I, I promise I will get better lighting. Yes, we're going to work on that too. But uh, Mr. John Polkowski will be definitely hosting a radio, uh, sorry, a uh, wrestling channel. Um, but there's so much more that we got going from this. Like we said, in our uh, one year video, it's just the beginning. There's going to be so much Thank more. Thank you, Tomas. And yeah, Tomas, uh, again, you know, when we. We did this for a lot of reasons, not just 
He's still in the green room, by the way. He's still in in. in I the know theater. that's why I'm saying he's he's the one that's doing Pierre Turgeon, <laughs> Benoit Hogue. But yeah, uh, yeah, so, both of those are absolutely accurate, Dave. Yes. So, but we can still got so many other projects that we're working on, and there's going to be a lot more of us in one way, shape, or form on the other, and still more, uh, much more things that we want to add. We did the what if. With Mario Lemieux last, a matter of fact, it was all me, so it was even weirder. And um, ah. yeah, so uh, if you guys got extra suggestions, there Who's is Mr. Morocco. One more moment. Derek King, Patrick Flatley. Good. <laughs> I love um, Derek King. Dave Shazowski, Dean Chanelth. How did yeah. the Islanders always have guys with annoying with the names? Weirdest names: Scott Sissons. And here comes Brad Delgarno. Baumgartner, yeah, it's a funny, funny name. Baumgartner, more like Bumgartner. <laughs> uh, but yes, guys, Bobby Bourne. Uh, you want to talk about a guy that could absolutely Bobby Bourne could skate? He, oh my god, he could, he could absolutely skate. And my wow. uncle has actually seen that in person. Yeah. 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 He, he he told me that Bobby Bourne can absolutely fly on the ice. And my uncle got to actually skate with him years ago when the Islanders would uh, go to Long Beach in the offseason and play at the Long Beach rink. My uncle was scouted, and he had a full ride to Northeastern and got to play against a bunch of guys. Mullins, McPhee, Tonelli, Nystrom. Um, Bobby Bourne. So, first goal for Isles, you think will be Anders Lee Shannon? So, uh, I'll I'll note that. I I think the Islanders. I think you know I I think the Islanders' first goal is probably going to be JG Pajot. I'm going to say Pajot. Anthony happy. I don't know why specifically Anthony. And thank you, Granny. We appreciate that. Enjoy your hunts. Uh, a real good friend of mine is a bow hunter, and I'm waiting for him to uh, get some venison for us because he makes some damn good venison. Yeah, he, uh, he made some venison chili too, which I want to try. So, do you know what happens when you bring home venison? What? Your wife says, "Oh dear." That I wish you could see the look of disappointment on my face. All time. <laughs> yeah, right. but um. So yeah, it, it's, and yeah, as you can see, uh, Dave here has uh, knows who I'm talking about. It's a friend of ours, so we'll, we'll be seeing him in a few minutes, actually. But um, yeah, I mean, we got a lot of stuff going. What's that? What are you doing for the game? Uh, probably going to uh, James's house through the guy who I was talking about with the venison. Okay, nice. Yeah, me and uh, me and Dave will probably be going over there for that. But um, yeah, I mean, we've got a lot more stuff on this channel. Um, I, I just want to say I appreciate all the donations so far. I know, uh, I mean, I could say that up upon behalf of all three of us. But um, we got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff in plans, and there's even more stuff that we haven't even talked about yet, which I'm not going to mention because I kind of want, we kind of want to surprise you guys a little bit. And I think right. you guys are going to like that stuff too. So there, there's a lot of big plans for this channel. Content and 
different channels. There's this like I like I said before, it's just the beginning for us. So and things are only gonna get better. So I'm actually gonna drop back to the camera for a second because I'm starting to strike all this that I have. I just took off my lights. So yeah, now I gotta give myself dinner before I go over there yeah. too. So. Yeah, well, I'm gonna be going out the timeout in Hicksville to watch the game. Um hopefully uh hopefully not in as bad a shape I am golfing tomorrow. So I gotta Eesh. Yeah. <laughs> Rich, 